0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Two, uh, three minutes. Oh, I disappeared there. Where have I gone to? Where have I gone to? That's better. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along to Tuesday morning. My God, it's racing through. Absolutely racing. We're going to be in, in sort of Christmas before we know what's happening. Already you can buy Christmassy things, which is lovely. We like the Christmassy things. Matt Goss has announced five new dates at Christmas. Very excited by this. And uh, it's, uh, it's for his show at the Shepherd's Bush Empire. So five dates there. Five dates to go and see Matt Goss. Singing the songs he just sung two nights ago at Wembley. Sounds ultimately boring to me, really. Mind you, doesn't have anything else. Sorry, O2. The O2. Well, it's like Wembley. It's a lot of people in one room. Did you see the picture? Somebody sent me a lovely picture that uh, there were lots of empty seats, so they put black curtains up to cover the empty seats. And people who were sitting upstairs got moved downstairs. They said it was much better. So seats all over the place. So can he sell out five dates over Christmas? Possibly, because it's really small. All of that and more between now and seven o'clock this morning. Uh, also, the van killer, uh, wearing a fake suicide vest, shot dead in a vineyard. I said he'd go down in a hail of bullets. Uh, also, uh, poor Katie Price. Sorry to report this. It looks like her third marriage is in trouble. Now going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the problem in Katie Price's marriage is Katie Price. She is the one who is uh, who's not in the real world. She's jealous. She's bitter. She's twisted. She's vile when she's had a few drinks. She's a bit like Sarah Harding, really, except Sarah Harding hasn't actually got married yet. It's just that she has the, the, the breakdown whenever you give her booze. You know, you shouldn't. A recovering alcoholic shouldn't give booze to. And yesterday we had her playing sort of... She was offering advice to Chad, who's done better in his five minutes in the business than she's done in 15 years. And she was, her face contorted in rage and pain on the television. And then her friend comes on and says, don't worry, everybody outside loves you. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's, uh, there's no career for her outside. She's completely burnt the bridges. She's lied through her teeth. Uh, she's now said that the relationship with Chad is, is genuine. You don't seriously think, do you, Sarah? Please tell me, at the age of 35 and with the brain capacity of a five-year-old, that this bloke is really interested in you. You're just a little bit of something to mess around with in the house because the others are way too unattractive. You know, you're just sort of bad when you actually get a few drinks inside you. He's not interested in you, dear. He's not interested you know, but you're too you're too dumb to see it. Uh, also, the uh, the cricket legend, Mr. Boycott, in the racism storm, he's a dinosaur. I think that would be the best description of him. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, also, arthritis sufferers, ten billion pounds a year. That's what we spend. Ten billion pounds a year. Mind you, we probably spend more on diabetics, I should imagine. Uh, also, um, the week. The world wept. Why is the question today? Because they're looking back to Diana when, when she died. Why did it take so long to lower the flag to half-mast at Buckingham Palace? Um, and they had to get a directive from the Queen to put the flag at her Up until then, they'd gone, basically, why should we bother? Until the, the British public dragged the Queen back screaming from her holiday. She's on holiday. She's not coming back down. She will. And she did. And she did. They all came back down again. You, just, you have to realise, don't mess with the British public. Do not mess with the British public. I see a load of them turned up in Cromer the other day to picket the, uh, the travellers down there, who, according to one police chief, have caused quite a little bit of trouble. But, he said, do not target all travellers with the, uh, with the same brush, which, of course, nobody has done. First time he'd mentioned it. We keep saying every time we read something bad about travellers, like them thieving and stealing and uh, and spending most of their time in prison, that's just a section of the community. That's a section of the community. That's not everybody. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw this morning, they had a, a producer on there who used to be light and bubbly and all the rest of it. She had an allergy to nuts. She goes on holiday. She had some chicken. She is brain damaged. I've never seen anything like it. Seriously. Seriously brain damaged. And, uh, and that's all, because people go, because you treat it very lightly, don't you? Go, Oh, somebody's got a, a nut allergy. Does it actually mean anything? Not really. Not, not, unless, of course, you are a person who suffers from a nut allergy, in which case it's blooming serious. She even took her, her anaphylactic pen with her. Didn't make any difference at all. And Her life has changed beyond a shadow of a doubt. Oh, we found a fly tipper. And uh, I'm delighted to say, caught on camera, he's been sent to prison for six months white van man they've got him nicked him off to prison he looks like he fits the profile of somebody who's just going to be taking rubbish and throwing it in the countryside you know for somebody else to clear up it's disgraceful down at uh, sunbury group of travelers turn up pitch up under the uh, the motorway fill it with rubbish and then move on again as i say I've, i think the council have got it all wrong completely wrong they need to sort out uh, you know exactly how they stop these people dumping it and then they keep them there till they've coughed up the money then we'll, we'll clear it uh, or otherwise, you know, don't ever... I think the people should be held responsible who use people like that for uh, getting rid of their rubbish. The police want more money to search for Madeleine McCann. Please, no. not. We've already done £11 million and we are no nearer. There is nothing. They have no leads. They have nothing at all. There is no clothing. There is no CCTV footage. There are no witnesses. There is nothing. Nothing at all. But they want more money. I mean, is this going to be the last bit of money and then we just go we have to close the investigation it's kind of open but it's closed if you get my drift because I don't think there's any chance of finding a but but having said that you have to kind of sort of cling on to the fact that if you are her parents you want to think that there might be some way forward that they might find something I don't think they will it's 10 years ago now 10 years ago the uh, the lines of inquiry dried up about 10 years ago and they're not finding it. they've taken out specialist equipment to search the pipes they've taken out special dogs uh, nothing at all absolutely nothing not one little hint you know a few little things you see every so often so they can go oh can we have some more money and the government go yes it's gonna be a brave person in government to say no isn't it really but uh, I don't know nobody knows what happened to her that night you can't even hazard the guess can you and then yesterday when I proudly told everybody I don't drink from the tap some poor creature quite clearly half brain dead said uh, how dare you suggest that people go out and buy bottled water no no I'm not just saying any old bottled water. Twickenham water. Twickenham I want people to buy Twickenham water. It's only one pound fifty a bottle, and you get a big liter of it, and uh, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. And then somebody else said, and uh, <laughs> I we, yesterday we, we seemed to have got two people, both in the same home, being looked after by matron. Uh, and the other one said, "Of course, people worry about what's in their sausages." <laughs> so, no, they don't. don't stupid, so stupid. Of course you don't. So they're really, really dumb when you've got no life. But uh, no, hardly anybody drinks out of the tap. I got low end of people yesterday saying they did not drink out of the tap anymore. They only drink bottled water, because it's, it's better to drink bottled water. It's better for you, and uh, especially if you spend a lot of money on bottled water. I'm all in favour of spending that. I wouldn't dream of taking anything out of the tap. Absolutely not at all. It's good enough for washing up, but certainly not for drinking. Yeah. Oh, how lovely. Icelandic mineral. Oh, God. I'm drinking that, because I vary, but I like the Marks and Spencers one. Where it comes from, I've got no idea. It's just a bottle of water, it looks like, nice. And I like that, uh, that pure one. Have you seen that one? That's quite nice. It's got it's it's made by Coca Cola, but it, it and it's it's got oxygen in it or something. I don't. I I couldn't tell us what it has, but it, it just tastes quite nice. Smart water. That's that's quite nice. That's an Icelandic water. Where'd you get that from? You have to order it. Where'd you get it? Oh, from Iceland. <laughs> well, you actually order it from Iceland. It comes. Really, is it very expensive? No, cheap. How lovely. Because I should imagine. Pound a bottle. Oh, that sounds lovely. Is it a big, big bottle you get for that for a pound? Oh, wow. Oh, I bet that would be real. Is that glacial water? Oh, God, even better. So it's really, really old, filtered through lava. Oh, how lovely. And you order it from Iceland? You don't. Do you really? You're so rich. Honestly, I don't. I just have to go to my local. Oh, do you mean Iceland the store? Oh, right. Iceland the country. Good Lord, you've bought into the culture and everything. Pound a bottle. But I think I think water that comes through through glacier, filtered through through lava, it must taste delicious. I always keep it in, in the fridge, water. And, and I, I love it. You know, this idea, it's very good for you. Well, water is good for you. Water is good for you. We're supposed to drink so much of it. But if I drink it on the programme, I spend all my time in the loo. It goes through me really far. Coffee, I can drink two or three coffees and not go to the loo. But water terrible it really is it's quite sort of it's quite bad for me but I I do like water I do like water I think it's I think it's it's good for you and you should drink I think something like two litres a day but uh, it wouldn't be out of the tap I'll tell you that put some of them in your pocket I love it you like those heroes do you like them put some in your pocket take them away with you yeah oh there's that the easter egg one is that the egg one they're nice Cream egg. I gave them to him because it's my mission to fatten up the producer before we get to Christmas. I want to get to Christmas so I can be thin and he's going to come in here with a gut on him and I'm going to go, yes! Result. So I'm, I'm feeding him up between now and Christmas. It's a slow process, but I've discovered he has a weakness. Sweet things. He likes sweet things. And he, likes, he, did, he did jelly beans the other day. Did you take them home? The jelly beans? Have you finished them yet? Oh right, no. It's only half a chance, seriously. Like, you know, you could have fed a Barbie doll with them. And, um, and so, yes, and so to, you wouldn't get diabetes through that. You're not going to get diabetes. People eat loads of sweets every day. It's only if you're a fat lump like me that you get diabetes. And then you sort of, and then you cost the NHS a fortune and you still don't drink out of the tap. Isn't that funny? Even if I was really, really thirsty, I would go to Master's Spencer's and buy some water rather than drink out of the tap. But, you know, that's just me being finicky. It's like changing your socks every day, but I've started doing the same with pants. I've gone down the same route with pants as I have with socks. It's getting quite worrying. It's Not normal, is it? Uh, raccoon dogs. Have you ever heard of raccoon dogs? I hadn't. I had to ask the producer if he'd heard. He hadn't heard of them either, but he'd heard of raccoons, which is quite good. Uh, Also, uh, the first Paralympic star, Johnny Peacock, he's going on to Strictly Come Dancing, a disabled celebrity. Why do we call them celebrities? They're not celebrities. Most of the people on the dancing programme, they're not celebrities. I promise you, they're really not, not celebrities. Uh, Also, uh, the day the sun vanished for two minutes and 40 seconds. See, I like that idea. Unfortunately, I didn't sit, it, but I'm looking at the, pink, the images on the television. Isn't that so clever? The stranger things in heaven and earth that we know nothing about. Is there life on Mars? The answer comes back, possibly. Possibly there might be life on Mars. And uh, the marine who's selling his medals to fund cancer treatment for a little girl that he's never met. Isn't that just the most amazing thing? Uh, the travellers who've been uh, hounded by picketers down in Cromer. The travellers turned up. Uh, en masse, they started going into all the pubs having drinks, uh, not paying for them police were called it's been a bit of a bit of a disaster down there but uh, I'm sorry, but if you choose to flout the law you get to pay the consequences so we're looking forward to arrests and all the rest of it uh, also, what was the other one? oh yes, the uh, Channel 4, milking their hit show for cash this is the Bake Off programme with the dreadfully unfunny Noel Fielding you know, you can wear lots of funny clothes dear it doesn't make you funny it just makes you look even more naff than ever before. Nick Abbott's birthday, is it today? How old? And how old is he today? Here we go. Come on, t- tell me the truth. I reckon he's about... I reckon Nick... I think Nick Abbott is about 62? Is he younger than 60? Well, how much younger? 48? Older than 48. 51? Older? 55? Nearly. 54? 56? Ah! Is he 56? Do you know, it's so strange, because when you look at him, he doesn't look 56 to me. He doesn't, does he? But I don't look... Well, anyway, so moving on with other things in the programme today. <laughs> there's one of the world's oldest bowls clubs in a sexism round. They don't want women in there. You know, you can understand that, don't you? People... Oh, uh, what does it say for... What does it say for... Oh, for Clive Bull. So Clive Bull, I reckon, is about 53, something like that. So there, there's Nick Abbott. He doesn't look... that 56... Uh, Steve Allen. Well, that's just ridiculous. 1954. That would make me 63. Don't be so silly, honestly. Ian Collins, 1966. Well, you can sod off. There's no chance of that. that were- I don't believe that at all. Definitely. <laughs> and Clive Bull, 59. So what does that make him? 54. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah well, that, that would make him 60-ish, wouldn't it? Something like 58. I suppose he could be. It's funny, isn't it? Because you just don't think about it. You don't think about it at all. Oh, well, yeah, so he's so Ian Collins is 50. He's a <laughs> well, I don't, He might be, I don't know. 50. Strange, that one, isn't it? They say he was born in uh, uh, Scumthorpe in Lincolnshire. He's an actor known for annoying... Oh, that's a different person, isn't its it? Is that the same one. This one's an Australian businessman. And there's one here, a British and television presenter and journalist and author. So there you go. Perhaps, perhaps it's confusing with a different Ian Collins. 50. God, that makes me the oldest out of all those people, which, as we all know, ladies and gentlemen, is a pile of rubbish. Absolutely ridiculous. That would make me 64 next birthday, I ask him. Are you the youngest? You 44? Oh, God, go away. I can't talk to people only 44. It's not right. Darren's 44. How old's the other half? Older? Younger? Older. 48 this year. You had to think. is it funny? People always have to think about their other half's birthday. And they go, I could always remember my mother's and my brother's. But I couldn't tell him my father's birthday at all. I've, I've, I forget everything like that. And I have to be reminded by people. They go, don't forget it's so-and-so's birthday tomorrow. Remember to send a card. And my godchildren, not a clue. Not a clue at all. You've started a Christmas list. Oh, I'm so looking forward to Christmas this year. I'm so looking forward to Christmas. I can't wait to start buying Christmassy things. They had a set of, uh, in Costco the other day, bows, uh, which they, they had all, all the beautiful ribbons and they showed you all the bows you can make. And I thought, oh, how lovely. love to be able to wrap presents properly. I do do, I do, do wrapping of presents very well. One year I wrapped them all in, Christmas, in um, newspaper because I, I saw it on the television. They, they did a programme on novel ways of doing, and they said, listen, get some newspaper and you can get Financial Times because it was pink and then normal newspapers and you wrap the present up and then you do a huge... Red ribbon round it with a huge bow in the middle. It looks fantastic. Really look good. Saved you all that murderously expensive money on paper, which my mother used to take off carefully and fold and save it for later on because it was so expensive. Your mother-in-law said, it's odd, isn't it? People, what Because people? otherwise you rip it off and you go, that cost a pound a sheet. She irons it. Oh, we weren't that mad. She folded it nicely folded it, and then saved it. Mind you, I used to do Christmas cards in pencil, so you could save them for the next year as well, which was always quite good fun, <laughs> everything in pencil. Nobody ever reads the rhymes in Christmas cards, do they? So I just buy... I go by the picture on the front. I personalised cards one year. Steve Allen, LBC. And it was... Uh, it was. I got them for Diabetes UK, and you have them personalised, and it was from Steve Allen and the team. And it was Santa Claus going through a forest on a sleigh that was flying. It was pretty cool. Christmas, honestly, only round the corner. We've got Heroes Chocolates this morning. It's all very exciting. Well, the producer has. He'll be taking those home. And he's the sort of person to probably take them to bed, I should imagine. Lying bigger, just have one more chocolate. Then he wakes up in the morning, he's got chocolate all over the blooming bed and the sheets and everything else.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. We're now worried about everybody's age. We're worried about who looks their age and who doesn't look their age. So Nick Abbott's fifth, what do we say he was? I forgot what Nick Abbott is now. <laughs> Whatever it was. I didn't think, I think he looks very good for that age. Wait a minute, so we've just got to quickly find it again. There he is. He's he's 56. A good 56. He's a very good 56. Uh Steve, at- that's ridiculous. who put me in at 17th of March 1954. It's just ridiculous. I love the way this team got everybody's birthday. Is it got everybody else now? So there's uh Stephen Allen, it says here. S-T-E, Well, wrong spelling, of course, so obviously done by some buffoon at Wikipedia. And uh as uh, as of twenty twelve, he presents the early morning breakfast show on LBC. And uh, so it says 63 born Bromley. That is true. I was born in Bromley. Although I was very young at the time. I can't remember it. Sorry. Creeps. (laughs) Uh, James O'Brien born in 1972. Good Lord. Sheila Fogarty born in 66. Um, Oh, it's interesting actually. When you look at everybody, fancy having a whole page dedicated to people's ages. (laughs) I think I'm the oldest. I'm older than everybody. I am older than everybody. I don't think there's anybody my age at all. Uh, Ian Dale, 62, as was Ian Payne, 62. Lord, above. Yes, it's the year. And uh, Ian Dale's 55. Wow. There you go. You live and learn, don't you? You live and learn. So happy birthday to Nick Abbott for today. I don't send cards. We just do it on the programme, which is uh, which is a lot easier. Uh, other things. Uh, I can't see you drinking Red Bull or Lucozade, says Peter. No, you wouldn't. I don't think I've ever... I think only very, very occasionally have I drunk Aid, And that was so many years ago, even I can't remember. And Red Bull, I've never drunk because it's, uh, it's just sugar. Even the sugar-free one, I wouldn't touch anywhere. Uh, little Julie says, morning, Steve and fellow Spikers... I too thought it was a bit extreme to get upset over Big Ben. It's going to sound again. It's not been removed. I know you make it sound like it's it's sort of somebody up there going bong bong bong, and, and now it's not going to happen anymore because they've died or something like that. It's not like that at all. It's going to be coming back. It's going to be back at uh, at uh, at at Christmas, a Christmas. Well, New Year, isn't it? It's going to be bonging at yeah, New Year. So there you go. Johnny says I find it. Uh, he says. Uh, very, I love that Steve Allen spent 10 minutes going through the birthdays of each LBC presenter. <laughs> They've often said, actually, Steve Allen, I'm talking about myself in third party now, but it's um, he's the only presenter who can fill a programme talking about things that you think, could you fill a programme talking about people's ages? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, that's what I get paid to do. I get paid to, paid to fill a programme and make it mildly entertaining or amusing. Très amusément. Uh, Steve, I went to my local Tesco, feeling like uh, some chocolate, tried to buy some walnut whips. Uh, guess what? All sold out. Then tried a few newsagents because I was then on a mission. Eventually, I got my walnut whips in Marks and Spencers, which proves, says Kim, that you are the new Delia Smith. Remember when everybody ran out of cranberries one Christmas? Yes, I mean, I've only got to mention it. I bought some um, some of those shoes. The other, you know, the very uh, light weight shoes which are called no not crocs no not sandals wait a wait a minute don't go anywhere don't go anywhere here they are the sketches i bought i bought sketches because i've got some sketches at home they're very light they're very nice to walk in and uh, i went on to amazon and they're washable as well you just throw them in the washing machine and uh, they're very never seen them they're very light Th- these are these are nice ones very nice and they were on special offer at 30 quid a pair very comfy very comfy so 30, 30 quid a pair and they were on offer uh, sorry uh, yes yeah, thir- 30 pounds on Amazon so I bought four pairs I don't't don't want to miss out on these things because they're quite comfy and I quite like them And they come boxed and everything else all, all very attractive I bought four pairs I gave Paul Paul Smith a pair that's why I asked you how big you were because he's he's 11 but he fits into a ten and a half, and these are all ten and a halves. So that's why you're only an eight, unfortunately. Your feet would swim around like boats in a canoe, you know, or sort of shoes in a canoe. So I thought they were quite good for 30 quid. The last time I bought them, they were about, we we, we found them cheaper than that last time, about 25 quid. But normally they they go at huge prices, they go these things for, and they're so light. They're very, very light. And uh, Paul Smith had never tried them on before, so he tried them on. I said, I'll have a pair. He said, I'll, I'll give you the money. I oh, can't do his accent. I'll give you the money. Yes, Mr. Patrick, you virginia do for you. And uh, thank you, darling. And, and he said, I'll give you the money. I said, no, have it as a gift. He said, I'll pay for lunch. I said, you're paying for lunch anyway. I not go down that route, starting to pretend you're not paying for lunch. So uh, anyway, so a lot of people talking about what you do, what you don't do, how old you are. If you're celebrating your birthday today, many happy returns of the day. You might have an opinion as well about Madeleine McCann and the police wanting more money to make sure that they, uh, they leave no stone unturned. I mean, so far, we've spent £11 million. £11 million, and they're looking for more. Richard says, we've got your car insurance sorted. Uh, it was sorted ages ago. My car insurance went down Went down £200, so uh, I've accepted it. Uh, And Dean says, very nice of Darren Adam to stay behind and keep you company. I thought he'd be on his way home by now. Well, yeah, but he only lives five seconds away from here. He walks out the door and he's home. He doesn't go back to Edinburgh every single morning. But yesterday I got the, uh, the bill for my RAC membership. And I looked at it. And it said, uh, last year you paid 244 This year it's £266. And we think this re- represents remarkable value for money. Well, you can stick it, RAC. I'm cancelling it today. I have no intention, after years of being with you, to be charged. For it to go up when I've never... I think I've only ever used it once. Only ever used it once. And you do realise, don't you? I just... I, I, I don't want to... Teach your grandmother to suck eggs. But if you take out membership of the RAC, the AA, or any of these, and they're all the same, um, you think that membership entitles you to limitless call-outs. No, 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 no. In fact, on most of them, it's one call-out in a year. So you think you can call them out every every time your car breaks down. Think again. It doesn't work like that. On my one, in fact, you hardly get anything with it. I get six call-outs in the year. Six qu- For 266 quid. Well, do you know, I'm driving a, a very, very reliable car. The only thing that could ever, ever go wrong with my car would be uh, a flat tyre. In which case, I wouldn't be changing it. I'd be calling somebody else out for it. So uh, I think I'll go with somebody else. I'm not going to spend 266 quid with the RAC. That's just taking the Michael. So sorry, RAC. Sorry, but frankly, if you're going to rip somebody off like that and they go, represents remarkable value. Do you really? Do you really? I would think for 266 quid, I'd expect you to come round, salute, clean the car, valet it and change every wheel round to my satisfaction. But it hardly comes with anything at all. I'll go through a bit later on for you so you can see what little you get. And this is because we see you've been with us for a few years. No more, RAC. No more. About time the customer started striking back. And of course, what you've got to watch is... You think that, you know, if you ignore it, it goes away. No, they've already got your credit card. It will it will go through on your on your credit card. So just be warned. Although, actually, the credit card that they've got for it, I think the number changed last year, so I don't think it'll go through anyway. And uh, so that's it, because I'm, I'm I don't want to spend 266 quid. I think that's a rip-off, especially when I haven't made... I think it should go down if you haven't made a claim. You know, if you've got a car that's unreliable, well, then fair enough, but uh, not for me. I'm not spending that sort of money. I'm really not. Uh, the cricket legend Geoffrey Boycott in a racism storm. He's just a dinosaur. Unfortunately, what he said, you can decide for yourself. He was caught up in a rant. Uh, he said he should black up to get a knighthood. It's not really the sort of thing you would expect from anybody at all in this day and age. Well, I certainly wouldn't. You might think differently. So uh, any thoughts on that? Don't. It's not a phone-in programme, incidentally. We only do... Uh, texts and emails, it's as simple as that. And uh, Madeleine McCann, more money to be thrown at it, or do you think enough is now enough? I'm sure that Nick will have some thoughts on that a little bit
0: later on today. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: <laughs> Did I mention I have a free podcast? I, uh, <laughs> the producer said to me, can you believe, it? listen, this is a classic line, I should have recorded it and played it back, and, and he said to me, he said, uh, he said, oh, he said, I've got the, the Big Ben sequence, if you like it. Uh, for later on, I said, oh, oh "Why would that be?" He said it fills a minute and a half. I said, "I'm Steve Allen. I don't need filling. This isn't a weekend show. Thank you very much. Indeed, I can I can fill it all by myself. Just about. Yeah, keep keep it for the Sunday show. We'll 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 fill out on a two-hour program. <laughs> no, I have a free podcast every day, and uh, if you're easily offended. You must get it, um, because it's, uh, it's easily about the most offensive, not really, thing. It's just having an opinion on certain people who think they're celebrities, just bringing them down to size. It's like this programme, and he condensed. We, we whiz through it a, at a fair cracking rate, and it's free. And when I say free, it costs you nothing, not a penny piece. But you need to download the app, which is also free. So if you go to the LBC website, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm only because most of you know, and thousands and thousands and thousands of you download it uh, every single day. It runs Monday through Friday. Uh, we don't do a free podcast Saturday and Sunday, so Monday through Friday. And you can keep them. You can listen back to them. They're very easy listening. Very easy listening. It's just just me being rude about celebrities, but not even being rude, being honest about celebrities. So when I tell you Sarah Harding's a drunk, I mean she's a drunk. You know, she's acknowledged as a drunk. She's a very bad drunk as well, which isn't uh, which isn't such a good thing. So um, so that happens. So go to the LBC website, download the f- got indigestion now free LBC app, which works on your mobile or your tablet. And then you can not only listen to LBC wherever you are, but you can download the free LBC app, every- pardon me, every single day. And it's normally available within about five minutes of the programme finishing. 15 minutes of the programme finishing. Normally five, but with the producer this week, it's 15. So, because uh, sometimes he cut himself with paper this morning. Oh, you've never heard anything like it. Screams, tantrum, we had the whole caboodle. Oh, I've cut myself with a my paper. Because I was sitting at the desk, and to be honest, I wasn't taking any notice. And all of a sudden he goes, ow, like that. And he cut himself with paper. I think he did it deliberately. He's obviously logged it in the incident book. So he can probably get money or something. And he said, I've, I've cut my, my finger. I thought, oh, God, what are you telling me for? Do I sound like I'm Mother Teresa? Do I sound like I'm Florence Nightingale? I'm not remotely interested. I couldn't care less. You know, unless he'd actually cut his finger off, you know, in which case then we might have to hold the program up for a couple of minutes till the ambulance arrives. But he didn't do that. It was just a little, not even bleeding. Not even bleeding. Because paper cuts can be quite painful. And it's, it sort of happens a little bit quickly. Ow. Like that. I said, if you want a plaster in the kitchen, there's a first aid box. So we went through that d- dilemma earlier on. Anyway, we've sorted it all out now. We've given him some chocolates and we've patted him on the head. And we've gone there, 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 there. And he's all right now, you see, until the next disaster. There's bound to be another disaster, I can tell. Before the end of this week, something, he'll stub his toe in a door or something will happen. It's very warm in these studios, isn't it? Have you noticed? No, I don't want it turned down. It's Because having said that, I can just feel some cold air coming out. But it's sort of, it's not... Absolutely ice cold. It's sort of lukewarm. Oh, right. I don't know. I never checked the temperature in this uh, in the studio. Right. Uh, So, yes. So car insurance we've sorted out. Uh, We told you about the free podcast. And if you like this programme, then uh, you must go and get the free free podcast because you'll love that as well. And because it's free. It's the best bit. But to say yesterday, we had to have to have fun with somebody talking about not drinking out the tap which warrants somebody going, oh, of course people can, you know, can think about what goes into their sausages. No, they don't. They just pick up a packet of sausages. They see them advertised on the television they go, oh, i will have a packet of those. Nobody looks in there. You know, ooh, I wonder if the pig that was in here had a happy life. It's dead. It went to an abattoir, all right? It's been made into sausages. Half of it's bacon and half it's sausages. And then the drinking of the water out the taps. Encouraging. But Darren doesn't drink out of the tap. I bet you anything. You could go through all the presenters in this building and 90% of them would drink bottled water. Everybody... You think Paul Smith drinks out the tap? I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. I bet he drinks bottled water. I've been in his car. I've been in his car. I'm telling you, I'm sure he's had bottled water. I think he... I'm sure he does bottled water. I don't think he drinks out the tap. He's, he's not that sort of person. He's, he's very selective about what What goes in his mouth. I mean, he really is. He's, he thinks about that quite a lot. In fact almost more than is humanly possible. Uh so other stories which are running in the papers for today. Oh there's a lovely quote you're going to love it. I'm going to bring it to you later on which is um which is Bruce Forsyth uh, from Louis Walsh. Louis Walsh made a comment about him and uh and now of course it uh, it's turned out to be true. So I'll tell you what it is a little bit later which is good. Uh, James Arthur has uh, found uh uh, a girlfriend. He's, he's reunited with her. Her name's Jessica Grist. So there's a picture of her in the uh, in the paper today. She's obviously an attention seeker and she can't find anybody else. So she might as well find somebody who's more famous than herself, latch on to them. Meanwhile, Katie Price, we are told, is getting ready to dump Kieran Hayler, bringing an end to her third marriage. It's her. She is the major problem in that marriage. She drinks. Uh, she has problems with that uh, people take the mickey out of her. She she doesn't handle anything at all, really, so uh, she just basically goes into meltdown. So he's father to two of her five children. I don't think he's worked since he's been out with her. He's supposed to be a builder. Well, actually, he's not. He was, he was down as a plasterer or a stripper, but he's way too fat now and unattractive, and he's passed his sell-by, but he does need to earn some money to pay for his children. You know, but I suspect she's probably got her eyes set uh, on uh, a bloke from Love Island called Chris Hughes. Uh, and, you know, if she wants something, she'll do anything. She just makes up stories. She's a compulsive liar. She tells stories about the way her relationship goes and how she can't trust him and all the rest of it, having already lied to us about the fact that he'd been into sex rehab. So she was married to Peter Andre. That He was trying to resurrect a dead career. His career was so dead in the water. Then she married Alex Reed, the cage fighter, who cross-dressed as a woman. And so she humiliated him, and she humiliates all of them. Whereas, in fact, I should imagine most of them would probably like to sell a story and how dull she is in bed. Because, you know, when we saw her with um, with that bloke she used to go out with and they made a, let's just call it a pornographic film of themselves, that, uh, that went onto the internet. I mean, anybody less sexual, you'd be hard pushed to find than Katie Price about like a dead fish out of water. Seriously. With about as much. I remember somebody saying to me once, I forget who it was, they actually uh, bumped into her somewhere. They said, her eyes are completely soulless. It's all trowled on makeup, so she looks like, you know, tie drag. But in fact, when you look into her eyes, they're just soulless, bottomless pits. So if her marriage is over, it's purely down to her embarrassing him on television and droning on about, you know, how she can't trust him and all this kind of thing. And yet she sends inappropriate texts to people. But it's all right for her to do it because she thinks she's got the upper hand and she thinks she's clever. Unfortunately, she's not. She really isn't. must be very interesting at Christmas, who's going to have the kids? Now, it'll be Kieran Haler, because he won't walk out of that with any money. He hasn't made any money, I don't think. Uh, This is a bit inappropriate. In fact, this is very, very inappropriate. This is um, a prankster who won a prize after entering a fancy dress competition as Rolf Harris while holding a poster that reads, I touch kids. I mean, I'm not sure whether or not this person is just completely stupid, Or not. And uh, this was in uh, Cromer. Oh, (laughs) Cromer's back in the headlines again, ladies and gentlemen. The Cromer Carnival. Uh, Lauren Ball wrote, I think, on Twitter, this is absolutely disgusting and sick, celebrating somebody making a joke out of something so serious. Somebody said, Cromer Carnival, you should be ashamed. Carnival chairman Tony Shipp said judges didn't realise Oliver was supposed to be pervert Harris. What do you think, dear? Glasses and a white beard. What, who do you think it was? Father Christmas. He entered in as an artist, Tony said. We're sorry if any offence has been caused. You're a sick person. Oliver, this is Oliver Denton, refused to comment. I bet. I bet. I mean, honestly, are they, are they particularly stupid in Cromer? I don't know whether or not, you know, if you have somebody, you know, as an artist and then you have them pictured giving him an award for it. They must be sick up there. They really must be sick, honestly. God dear, honestly. We had no idea it was Rolf Harris. Sorry, white glasses, white hair and a white beard and an artist bought. What do you think it was, as I say? It's very embarrassing. Almost as embarrassing as anybody who was crying because Big Ben went silent. What's the matter with it? There's a picture of some woman wiping tears away. German visitor Thomas Moser said the crowd were really listening. We want to hear every single sound. Does it every 15 minutes, dear? Every 50, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Half past, bing bong, bing bong. Quarter two, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Top of the hour, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bong, bong. It's the same all the time, dear. It's been running like that for years and years. You wanted to hear every single second of it, did you? You sad person. (laughs) You sad person. Uh, What have we got now? Oh, um, I see that Max Clifford has uh, had a heart attack in jail and then tried to cash in by selling his story to newspapers. Uh, kind of give up, don't you, really? But my favourite is Ali Ross. Ali Ross on television. He says, it's three weeks since Sarah Harding skipped into the Celebrity Big Brother house, saying, it's about time the public got to know the real Sarah Harding, because I'm not as wild as portrayed and definitely not looking for love. So that's how that's that's going. Uh, Well, in between bouts of drinking, arguing, crying, manhandling her new boyfriend... Chad Johnson. She's tearfully demanded to speak to her agent, who I'd imagine is currently begging the North Korean embassy for political asylum, in the hope of finding a relatively stress-free life. Fellow housemates are clearly at the end of their tether as well. None of them, though, can quite explain why she's considered a bigger nightmare than toxic Gemma, with the worst attempt so far coming from Made in Chelsea's Sam Thompson. In my job, I meet so many people like Sarah who say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, which kind of begs the question, yeah, but what exactly is your job? Scratching around for any genuine good news to emerge from this car crash for Sarah, though, it's hard to come up with anything more positive than her bold first-week declaration that I didn't come here looking for any drama. Those of us who witnessed her turn as Joni Preston on Coronation Street couldn't be more grateful. Yes, there's something the matter with Sarah Harding. She's not the full ticket. She's a liar. She's a fantasist. She's lonely. She's lonely. And, uh, as I say, she's done herself no favours. Nobody likes her. They'll boo her to the ground when she comes out of the Big Brother house. And the sooner it happens, the better. Uh, also, this morning on Tuesday, household hints Bint and Turner. Good God, she's not still around, is she? I thought she'd given up and gone abroad. can only hope, can't we? Discussing bread. Once it goes stale, it's quite abrasive and it feels like a scrubber. At least I think it was bread. Anyway, so, uh, so that's in Ali Ross's column today. And this morning, Eamon... If I had to be put on a desert island with one thing I'd have with me, another S in dessert, I should imagine. Yes, Eamon likes the old puddings, as you can tell. I was watching that the other night, actually, the um, the uh, programme which is Come Dine With Me. Have you noticed? Nobody in it's from London. You know why? Nobody's got any room. If you own a flat in London, you can't have people round there because there's no room. The kitchen, you probably just about get one other person in if you stand sideways. You know, unless you're going to stand somebody in, in a cupboard, and that would be Boris Becker, you're generally going to have sort of maybe three people in the sitting room, pretty crowded already, and you've got to put a dining room table in there. So you'd have to get rid of the settee, put the dining room table in, and then somebody else would have to stand in the hallway. So that's why there's nobody from London on it. It's all people out of town where they show off their lovely, gorgeous homes. But most of them are absolutely awful, aren't they? I mean, they really are. Some, But I'm, I'm always fascinated by the food that they, they cook. Sometimes I think it's really good, and then sometimes I don't think it's very good at all. Dear Four on the Norfolk Broads, Steve. And uh, earache is as as bad as ever. Managed to get antibiotics from local surgery. Uh, Takes 48 hours to kick in. Apparently, luckily, Challenge TV is showing Bruce's Play Your Cards Right. And the price is right back to back. But thank God for 4am. The sun will be up soon. More fishing, says Chris, in Potter Hanum. Potter Hanum. I've never had... Earache. As I say, I've had backache, toothache, uh, and that's about it. Footache. When you get footache, is it possible to get footache? But uh, never had anything else. I'm quite uh, quite lucky. In Barcelona, the terror driver killed after a four-day manhunt. I love the way he just strolled casually away from murdering all these people. I'm glad you went down in a hail of bullets. You've gone straight to hell, you piece of filth. Shot as he tried to hide. He did his usual. Ali Akbar didn't save him. Dead. ...as a doornail. Fantastic. And um, a funeral? Don't think so. Thrown out with the rubbish, mate. That's what'll happen to you. Uh, summer's two days. That's your hot... ...and not even that in the north. Because it, it was not as cold as it you know, normally is this morning. It was OK. But not not as cold as it has been. Um, and we're supposed to be getting really good. Aren't we? We're supposed to be getting really good this week. It's supposed to be all summery. Car goes in tomorrow. Lunch today. Which will be quite nice. i should enjoy my little lunch. Going out. I don't know what we're having today. He wants Chinese, and I'm going, I don't, I don't think we can eat Chinese at lunchtime. We're going to feel a bit, bit bloated. Chinese is more an evening thing. Thai we could have. Thai we could actually have. That would be quite a nice idea. So uh, we'll have to wait. He's got to go home and get sleep and everything else. Uh, Brucey, what a life. I thought I'd never fall in love again till I met Winnie. And a uh, very happy life. One child, but he's got all those gorgeous children. And now we're waiting to, uh, to hear when the funeral is going to be because that'll be a big turnout, and people have been asking the BBC um, whether or not outside one of their premises they can put a statue up to Brucey. You know, good game, good game, or so you know. Well, that was an ITV show, wasn't it? Really, but he could uh, he could definitely have a statue up there. But I think loads of people should have statues. Loads of people should have statues. Actually, I've got a story about Brucie coming up in in a moment from Bryn and Annie.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Good morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 10 to 5 at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. So, uh, a very regular listener to this programme is uh, Bryn Williams, who was a Toastmaster, together with his gorgeous wife, uh, Annie. They live over in France, mit Famille, surrounding them as well. Anyway, he says uh, it's a perfectly true story. Happened many years ago, and I really can't remember the names of two of the three celebrities whom I had to introduce with false names. Anyway, so this is. Uh, Uh, Water Rat Sir Bruce Forsyth. The sad passing of Water Rat Sir Bruce Forsyth has reminded me of a true story which you may like. I will always remember him as a thorough professional but thoughtful and kind gentleman who I met occasionally. There was one occasion yonks ago when I appeared as a very minor celebrity on The Generation Game, some of which I have forgotten. I was called by the director to take a small part in the quiz time of the show ...at the London Palladium. Bruce had asked personally for me to act as a kind of announcer... ...to three famous celebrities... ...who were disguised in very false costumes for the competitor... ...to try and find out who they really were. I, too, was not dressed as a Toastmaster... ...but we all played up to the question... ...and on the morning before the show... ...rehearsed like crazy under the guidance of the director and producer... ...who were acting under Bruce's instructions. However, one of them was that great world champion boxer... ...Henry Cooper... Now, I didn't know him very well at the time as it was before he became a water rat and later king rat. For those of you who don't know, the Water Rats is a showbiz charity. There are lots and lots of men in the Water Rats and the Lady Ratlings is the female version. A lot of the wives of the men in the Water Rats and they meet at a pub called the Water Rats, which is down near Kings Cross Station. And they're people. You would know 99.9% of them because they're all well-known people in the business and they go and they meet. And they do great, great charitable things. Anyway, the rehearsals went well until Bruce arrived to see what the other studio managers had set up. To say that he didn't like it was the greatest understatement of the year. He hated it. And we all saw his terrific temper fly out with great venom. So he set to immediately to rewrite the whole scenario completely. He took the whole scene to pieces and we celebs had to rehearse much to our anxiety. Eventually, it was to his liking... And we relaxed. After all of this, his whole attitude changed from an angry young man into a quiet, gentle, thoughtful, very, very funny professional. And life for all of us was simply wonderful. We spent hours in the dressing room trying on costumes, which made each performer look so different. My overriding pleasure, and one I've never forgotten, was the man himself. An hour or so before the show was due to go out live, The lovely Bruce Forsyth made it his personal pleasure to visit every single dressing room of the whole cast and producers just for a chat. Even to little me, playing a very small part, he popped in for a chat, thanked me profusely, made sure I was comfortable with everything and was at pains to say thank you for appearing on the show. We hope and pray it will be a success for us all. And Bryn says, I've never forgotten my meeting with that great man and was very proud of my brief friendship with him on that occasion and many others who we met socially. And that's what you'll get from people on, on Bruce Forsyth. He was, the, he was the consummate professional. He was the one person for whom, you know, I meet lots and lots of people in entertainment. He was Mr Entertainment. You know, I would have put, as I said yesterday, Bob Monkhouse in the same category. They knew everything about the business. They loved the business, but they wanted to be right. You know, and so somebody can be really nice, but they've got a temper on them to make sure it goes right. I'm the same. I, you know, I have, I don't have sort of, you know, hard and fast rules for doing a programme, but I want it to be right. I want it to sound good. I want to make sure it works because it's in my best interest to do that. Because if it works and if it sounds good and if people write in and people then tell their friends and say, you know, if you're an insomniac and you wake up in the early hours of the morning or you're going out working or something like that, you don't want to listen to music. Have you tried Steve Allen on LBC, If you don't like it. Fair enough. You don't like it. But luckily... Most uh, cats, when asked in a recent survey whether they prefer Whiskers or The Steve Allen Show, voted for The Steve Allen Show. Some of them voted for Whiskers, but we don't talk about them anymore. It's a case of, you know, we only want to talk to people who want to listen to the programme, and so we get lots and lots of people. It's a good cross-section, 9 to 90. Literally 9 to 90, and, you know... Uh, as the latest set of figures approved, we're, we're we're kind of on target, as they say. So that's why everybody's got their own way. Of do- every you ask any of the producers here who work with any of the presenters, and they will tell you exactly the same thing. Each presenter is different to work with. Some some presenters are very difficult. Some some presenters are very easy to work with. Some don't take any more, not with your hips. And some um, and some <laughs> some presenters, you know, are sort of. Really difficult, you know, they really think. But you shouldn't have an ego in this business. There's no room for egos, because otherwise word filters out very quickly and all the other presenters go, oh, have you heard about so-and-so? You know, it's a very gossipy business. Thank God. Thank God, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, but that's how it works. So people like Bruce Forsyth, he was the consummate professional. He knew what he was doing, but he would come round to people and he would say, thank you, you know, we want to make sure it goes right. I would do exactly the same. You say thank you to people, because it's not just you by yourself, it's a combination you know, it's people sort of helping you and doing their little bit, you know, to make sure that the programme, you know, sounds good and it, it, it all works. That's, you know, it's the way it works every single morning, isn't it? Uh, so um, the people crying on uh, on the green down opposite Big Ben when it sort of stopped. I mean, what is the matter with these people? It's a bell. It's a bell, dear. It really is. Uh, also, raccoon dog shouldn't be pets. We'll find out why. The homeless living in a Pontins camp. And an exhibition of the artist formerly known as Prince hits the UK. I can't think of anything more dull. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, purple rain, purple rain, you know, is very exciting. And Paisley Park and all that kind of stuff. But to be honest, with you, he used to leave me cold. I always remember there was a, a feature that when, when he left a hotel room in London, the floor was littered with white pants. He just wore white pants. But as he was only about two foot tall. I mean, he was seriously, he was the size of a munchkin. And he came over here to get an award at the Café Royal some years ago. And uh, and he sort of he was very you can't imagine he was ever heterosexual to be honest. He was so camp seriously so so camp and and they said and the award goes to Prince and they put his table a bit of the way from the stage and so he had to get up and make his way through and he came up with a huge bodyguard who was about twice his size enormous man. Uh, you know, and so Prince walks down through the tables, very fay, very sort of. I think he had a purple jacket on with sort of ruched cuffs. It looked like Bobby Crush or Liberace, and um, and so he gets all the way to the stage. We'd waited for him to get to the stage. It was like seemed like an eternity, and he gets all the way to the stage and he goes, "Thank you," and walks off stage again. And we all go, "What? We've waited for that? Can you have strung more than one word together, pal?" Anyway, they've got an exhibition of loads of his stuff, which is uh, which is coming over here. Uh, not on my list. Not on my list. But I'm sure it's it's absolutely lovely. Who is Doctor Who's new assistant? Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh is Doctor Who's new assistant. Woo! It's good, isn't it? He must be delighted. It must be his year, I think, at the moment. He's, he's just on so many things. So many things. Uh, and now they're looking at um, the people. Uh, the um, The odds are out on those going into Strictly Come Dancing. Charlotte Hawkins is on. Uh, she's 16 to 1 Chizzy Akadulu who's an ex Lisa Riley is 50 to 1 so no chance there Uh, Molly King 4 to 1 Reverend Richard Coles I mean really you know he's 33 to 1 as I say she's 4 to 1 50 to 1 is Susan Cullman who nobody's ever heard of seriously I mean I could go on the streets now and ask you about these people Joe McFadden who is he nobody knows uh, poor old Ruth Langsford gets 66 to 1. Brian Connolly gets 25 to 1. Debbie McGee, 50 to 1. Simon Rimmer, 66 to 1. 3 to 1 is Aston Merigold. Uh, Davud Gadami gets 10 to 1. Uh, Gemma Atkinson, 6 to 1. And Alexandra Burke, 5 to 1. So uh, basically a lot of people who aren't going to do anything at all. I mean, 33 to 1 for Richard Coles. It's, there's going to be so many buffoons in there, aren't there? And you think, and these are supposed to be celebrities. What's even worse is that these people think they're celebrities. Otherwise, they'd have gone, don't be silly, I'm not a celebrity. Why would we be going into this programme? Death threat hell for Love Island, Olivia. I mean, obviously, she's desperate for the attention at the moment because she's uh, kicked out of something the other day. She couldn't get into uh, the V Festival. And then all of a sudden, we now get death threats and abusive messages. When she was on Love Island, well, that finished a while ago. Why has she not gone to the police? I hate it when these people sort of start talking to newspapers. Go to the police. If there's a problem, they will sort it out. But do report it. Don't just leave it for selling it to the papers as if it's some sort of interesting thing for anybody else. These people are trolls. You've got to sort them out. You've got to get them into prisons. Quick as that. Let's name and shame. Let's do it. Um, Why did it take... So long to lower the flag for half-mast at Buckingham Palace after the death of Princess Diana. The fly tipper caught on camera six months in prison. Yeah, that's what I call a result. Let's make it a year in future, can we? Uh, Can you make the green man light up longer to help the elderly cross the road? And the van killer in the fake suicide vest shot dead in a vineyard. Best bit of news I've heard all year, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: You know, I was absolutely amazed, ladies and gentlemen, how many people were standing... Uh, On the green, opposite Big Ben, taking a photograph of a clock tower. So so, I I couldn't absolutely believe it, but uh, they did it the other day. It's bong, but not forgotten. Uh, Not my word, somebody else's. Uh, The world's oldest bowls club in a sexism round. They don't want women. They don't want boysies. They don't want girlies in the club at all. I would have thought that was illegal in this day and age, but you never know. We'll find out later. Uh, The security staff telling football fans to show their bras. Sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? That's an odd one. Uh, the police want more money to search for Madeleine McCann. And then after that, more money. And then after that, more money. So far, £11 million. £11 million. I don't know how successful they think they're going to be or how hopeful they think they're going to be. They want to make sure, though, that they haven't left any stone unturned. Well, they haven't. They can't have done. They spent £11 million, for God's sake. Uh, life on Mars? Possibly. Possibly life on Mars. But not as you know it. It is not people walking around. Uh, the fly tipper caught on camera. You know, the sort of person who goes around, takes all household... I'll come and throw your household waste away for you. And, um, and then basically goes and dumps it in the middle of the countryside. They caught him on CCTV. So he's gone to prison for six months. That's good news, isn't it? I like that idea. Uh, you can become a tan addict. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. You can actually be uh, sort of somebody who is addicted who is addicted to uh, to lying on sunbeds and getting getting tanned? Poor old Katie Price. They're now saying her third marriage has failed. You knew that when she started texting some bloke who'd been on the programme. She's got her eyes set on somebody who I think could be single. He would be a fool to go into a relationship with her. She likes to get pregnant very quickly, and uh, you'll be paying for the rest of your life. So just be warned. Just be warned. Uh, also, the cricket legend that is Geoffrey Boycott in a racism storm. He says if he wants to get some, any more rewards, he needs to black up. I know. Can't believe it, can you, really? And the homeless living in a Pontins camp. Uh, for those people who don't know, Pontins is a holiday camp. It's like Butlins. I have to explain it's like Butlins. And, uh, and then the producer understood because he'd heard of Butlins, but he hadn't heard of Pontins. Fred Pontin and Billy Butlin were the, uh, were the key makers for the British uh, holiday Makers. That's where people went on holiday. In fact, it, it, it seemed to be years ago that the whole country went on holiday at the same time. So we all pootled off to the seaside. We all pootled off to. Uh, nobody did foreign. Didn't do foreign holidays. Good God, they didn't come until much, much later. People actually took holidays by the seaside. You know, and if you if you were, if you pushed it, you went up to Scotland. And oh, God, that reminds me. Actually, the latest edition of Country Life is the Scottish edition, where you can buy eight hundred and sixty four thousand acres of nothing. And uh, and a salmon river and stuff like that for about five million. So that's good, isn't it? Uh, plus 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 plus. Oh, I'll I'll tell you what boycott says uh, a little bit later, and I'll give you the whole, the, the complete rundown. Uh, also, uh, there was some man. He's been on the run for twenty two years. Uh, this is a prisoner, Michael Ashworth, fifty seven, serving five years for drug offences. He was arrested as he boarded a Eurotunnel shuttle in France on Sunday. He still had 18 months to serve when he failed to return to an open prison, so they put him back into prison again. He's been 22 years at large, and he will complete the rest of the sentence. And uh, so he's got to do the remainder of it. So you know, a bit of an idiot there. But anyway, I think he should go to prison for the rest of his life. I think that's how it should work. And residents are searching for an aggressive five-foot lizard believed to be sheltering in a park. It's a Nile monitor lizard. They're quite big. These things. As I say, it's five foot long. They're also full of bacteria. Uh, The jaws can break bones. Whether it attacks humans, I've got no idea. Sounds a bit worrying, as far as I'm concerned. I don't like that idea at all. Uh, Stop the rise in the Terminators. Experts on artificial intelligence have urged the UN to block development of killer robots. Killer robots, honestly. Who'd have ever thought of such a thing? And uh, Trump says 10 fear dead in US destroy crash. That's too bad. Uh, plus, they're still faffing backwards and forwards in North Korea, uh, where he's sort of doing his little bits and pieces. It's something the matter with him. Mean, he's got quite a few screws loose. And um, and the people here, the red planet's whiteouts. Mars is hit by Earth like snow blizzards at night. They've got a climate model showing parts of the red planet turning white after dark, and they reckon it's the temperature that drops, and so it gets hit by snowstorms. So the only person you are going to find there... Uh, are going to be Abominable Snowman. And that one reared its ugly head again. You know the Yeti, the Abominable Snowman. They, uh, Some famous person... What are you doing? Put the sweets back in the box. You're addicted to it now. They're not for you. They're for little boy, so he can get fat. So, well, he will eat. If you're eating his food. That's his breakfast, lunch and tea you've got there in your hand. To you, it's just one small chocolate. To him, that's life. That's life-giving, that is. You drink bottled water. I told you, see, I told you bottled water. He thought you drank out the tap, I said, I shouldn't think so. Who drinks out the tap? Peasants. Peasants drink out the taps. Highland Spring, yeah. I like, I mean, I I quite like a few of the waters. But you can get a whole case in Costco for like £2.35 of 36 bottles of water. Much better for you. Much better. Yeah, but you you drink out the tap. Yeah, because you're too mean to carry into the lift, aren't you? That's why. Because you're a meanie. Oh, I've got to carry the water from there. Don't you you have deliveries from a cardo or something like that? Oh, you go out shopping, do you? you, It makes no difference the sort of food you buy. You can pop it in your pocket and walk home. You don't exactly have to buy a shopping bag, do you? Would you like to spend 10p on a bag? I don't think so, no. We live in a tower block. (laughs) We've got two lifts and a concierge. Oh, 5p for it. You don't buy much food, do you? I can fill up two 10p bags easy with food. You do the... No, I do Tempe bags. I like a proper strong bag. It's only... It's only ten pence. I've got more than that in change in my pocket at the moment. I've got... Hang on. have a quick check. Oh, look at ten found a £10 note. I'm richer than I thought. And loads of change. I know where you got that bag from. You found that under the desk, didn't you? Did you find that under the desk? Oh, you bought it. See, look, I've got loads of money there. I could buy loads of those Tempe bags. I always buy a Tempe bag and always buy bottled water. In fact, I'm even worse than most because I buy bottled water and put it into my machine for dispensing hot water. I don't even fill that up from the tap, even though it's got a filter in it. I don't want to drink anything out of the tap. Somebody told me once they turned on the tap and a cockroach came out. God knows what's living in people's taps, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe I've just found a £10 note. Bit of a miracle on a, on a Tuesday. Don't normally find things like that. I want to choose. Oh, you've got a ten... Have you got money? Oh, you've got your wallet with you. You watched a little bit the last time we see the wallet. Fuck, oh, where's that cloud of dust come from? Oh, you opened your wallet. <laughs> All those moths in there. And a £5 note. I love the... Fi- when are these £10 notes coming out? Are they supposed to be out now? And is it? Oh, I'm very disappointed. I want one of the new £10 notes, please. I don't want, um... I don't want, uh, this old money to be around. we want some nice, clean money. 14th of September, cannot wait, less than a month away, and then we get the new £10 notes, lovely, and I think they're made, and are these the ones with the vegetable fat, or is that the other ones, I think the fivers, yeah, the animal fat, that's the fibers, isn't it, and the tenners probably as well, fantastic, I'm all in favour of that, the idea that you could have eat your note at the same time, because it's got something in there, Nick Ferrari, what, ate a note, did he? Nick Ferrari ate a note on. Good lord, they've gone mad around here, honestly. Completely mad. Nick Ferrari ate a note on air. Because I, I suppose it. Because you can, can't you? I suppose. Football fans told to show their bras at Stevenage FC. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, Nick Ferrari eats a new fibre amid animal fat row. Is he really. Oh dear. Is he not just sucking it? That'd be, you know, if you just sort of. Because you don't want to actually eat it, do you? I wouldn't know. You'd be choking on the blooming thing. Uh, Women were made to show their bras during security searches at a football match, a supporters group claims. One fan says stewards wanted to feel her bras underwire with a 20-year-old among those allegedly asked to lift up their tops. I'm hoping it's a joke. I'm hoping that didn't happen, because otherwise I see all sorts of trouble for Stevenage FC. And uh, the uh, general manager, Bob Makin, said the club had been inundated with calls. I bet... He said there are a large number of complaints and allegations we have to treat with the utmost seriousness. I bet you do. I've never heard of such a thing. My God, I mean, that, that would land you in so much trouble. So much trouble at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning. Um, it's also a 400-year-old tree, a mighty elm. It's just split in half. It's come crashing down. 400 years old. Isn't that a shame? I love, love old trees. But they don't last too long, do they? And uh, the heart tops, the heart tots, sorry, beg your pardon, in the paper today, uh, parents who are told um, your son or daughter's not going to make it, and then they do, and they come through. There's a bloke in the paper today who's had so many cardiac arrests. They said they've never known anybody have so many cardiac arrests, and he's survived, and he's survived as well, which is, uh, you know, which is really fantastic. Cause you don't expect somebody to survive after, um, after that amount of cardiac arrest, do you? 84850, 12.30. See you later. You'll eat food together, me and you. Chat. Wear your new shoes. <laughs> right. Daily Star. Actually, every day there's a paper missing. Today, it's the Express. Where it's gone, I've got no idea. I'm sure there's a, there's a sort of a, a magic sin bin. And you, you 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 wave something over it and it disappears. Because every day I have a paper that's missing. And it's... It's a different paper. Yeah, but it's either the Express or the Daily Star. Today I've got the Daily Star, but no exp- No, I've never not had a son. I've always had a son. They would actually print it for me if I didn't get a son. That's a fib. They probably wouldn't, but I mean, I can say that. i we'll me just have another slurp. Excuse me. I have to do that because it's so hot, and the last time I did it, I burnt the top of my mouth, which was not good. Uh, boring front page of the uh, Daily Star. Warfare over rise of the killer robot. And uh, Kelly's new telly role is to die for. This is Kelly Brooks. She wants to play a corpse on Midsummer Murders. It's come true. There you go. No acting needed, dear. No acting needed. Uh, Chris Hughes and Olivia Atwood, reportedly involved in an epic bust-up in a nightclub. I think she was kicked out. And uh, he'll end up with, uh, with Jordan, because that's obviously what she set her her sights on. She sent him some rude texts and everything else. You know, basically, once a tart, always a tart. And if her marriage is splitting up as they say it is then, uh, you know, as I say, it's her problem. She really has a lot of problems in her life. And the problem is her. And I think when you don't actually have anything going for you and you, you fall out with somebody, and her, her attention span's quite uh, quite small. Once she's had two children, that's it, she's a bit bored. So she's had two with old Peter Andrex, uh, nothing with Alex Reed, And so she's got three... Four, five, and so five children at the moment. She seems to be fairly self-sufficient, but as I say, she'll be slagging him off to the ground. If they split up, if it's if it's true, she will be doing stories about how vile he was and all the way. She's done it with every single one of them. So expect nothing different. She doesn't change her spots at all. Uh, irate viewers have blasted hypocrite Sarah Harding over her X-rated sex act. she It's her face that contorts with rage. That after she's had a few drinks and she was talking to Chad the other day, say, basically, come here, come here. I know. Ev-. And she was really. And I thought, you're a failure. Everything in your life has been a failure. You've had no success at all. A little bit with Girls Allow, but every month you had your breakdown in front of them because you couldn't do the dance steps. It's like, I'm not interested in you in therapy. I didn't see the therapy programme the other night. I'm not interested in dreary, zedless list celebrities trotting out their boring little, you know, things that they can't do in life because of this. We've, it's the same old, same old Linda Nolan, yawn, and, uh, and Paul Burrell. There's going to be somebody else on there as well, I should imagine. But it's Sarah Harding thinking that she knows everything, whereas, in fact, she knows nothing. She is the dumbest 35-year-old I've ever seen on the television. But luckily, only another uh, week... Only another week and uh, then we can put her out of her misery and she can come out and go back to oblivion. Because I don't know where else she's going to go. I really don't know. But it was when her face, watch it back, it's probably on YouTube, when she was shouting at him and screaming at him. I know all of this. I've been there. I've done this and done that. As if she was the world expert. That's why you're unpopular, dear. That's why nobody likes you. You know, because you're not pleasant. And it's all due to drink. It's all due to booze. So the advice is stay off it. But unfortunately, Sarah Harding knows best. That's why she's 35, going on 70. Although if she makes it to 70, it will be the miracle of all miracles.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Actually,
1: I've suddenly realised where Sarah Harding is the way she is. She's estranged from her father as well. The reason she doesn't talk to him is because uh, he separated from her mother. So they've not spoken since. I mean, seriously, this woman's got drunk issues. It's, you know, it's it, uh, she, she's already told us that she was going to be one sort of person going into the house. Now she's been somebody completely different. And uh, and she's just... It's just awful. It's just dreadful to watch. If she seriously thinks, as a lot of people have said in the uh, in the papers, that this is going to revitalise her career, she better think again, because this has alienated even more people. You couldn't trust her as far as you could throw her. You couldn't put her in anything. She's unreliable. She only got her to go near the booze, and that's it. All destroyed. All destroyed. Didn't she do um, Ghosts? And at one point, she was... S- so sort of slurring on the stage, People couldn't hear what she was saying. And apparently she wasn't very well or something. So that, so the story went. I wonder if at Steve Allen's show, we'll our front row seats of the show being the fanny is. But I don't know what this is. What it, What is that? Can I click onto it? Oh, it's no good to ask you. What is it? Oh, click load load media. Wait a minute, I can find out what it is. Oh, it's Katie Price, official tour. That'll be poorly attended, won't it? Can you blow it up? Can you make it bigger? Make it bigger so I can see where, where she's playing. Katie Price. It's one of those early pictures of her before she was Botoxed and filled to the uh, to the heavens. What was she be talking about? Ah my Just split up. I'm gonna sing for you now. Whole new world Don't think so. Don't think so. But anyway, she's she's on tour for some reason. The official UK tour, an audience with her. If only the picture was representative of what she looks like, but of course it's not. Everybody has to do that, don't they? But uh, let's have a quick look. Here we go. She's playing uh oh. I can't read that. You make it... I can read that. So the Charter Theatre... Where is this? What year? She Oh, right, it's, it's September. Good God. She's doing Southampton, the Guildhall. I'm trying to find a theatre that I know what it looks like inside. But uh, the Palace Theatre in South End. They're all... The Beck Theatre in Hayes. That's a 600-seater. She won't fill that. The Wimbledon Theatre. She won't fill the Wimbledon Theatre. The official UK... Who on earth has booked... And what's she going to talk about? You remember poor old Nancy Delusional? Her tour was cancelled due to lack of interest. Bross lost five shows. You think she'll just sing? But the trouble is, this, this picture doesn't look at all like her. She's Botox to the nines now. She looks ridiculous. Looks like Billy Piper. She doesn't even look like Katie Price. There's an audience with Katie Price. Katie Price. Official UK tour. As if she was... People you know, think people go, who is she? You know, She's nobody. You've seen her on Loose Women. You can tell what a badly bitter person she is. So uh, I won't have front row seats. Also, uh, John Warrington told me he bought a ticket for Gemma Collins at GAY. What she's going to be doing there, I can't imagine. Perhaps she'll take her little gay friend, Bobby Cole Norris. Perhaps he can sort of stand there and look like a complete dork. He's appearing on Celebrities Go Dating because he can't find anybody. Big surprise there. And Arge is on it, which of course is a bit of a misnomer because he's, uh, he's, he's going abroad. He's going to go and live in Spain for a year, thank God. So I've seen the back of him, which is great. Perhaps you could take Gemma Collins with him. Uh, you were eyeing up another car. Any updates, says Alan? No, no, no. I'm always having a look. I'm always looking. I look every day. Every day. Uh, the Yeti story is the bloke who apparently is an expert on, uh, on sort of Antarctica and things like that, uh, claims to have found a footprint on a glacier. And he took a photograph of it and he claims that it is um, going to be the Yeti. But unfortunately, there is no such thing. So what they did, they had somebody who was very experienced in mountaineering who decided to take a load of people up into the mountains, quite high, quite high, and to see whether they could live at altitudes. So they, they took loads of people up there. And I think they took 50 bloodhounds as well to see if they could sort of find this mythical yeti, the abominable snowman. And of course, they found nothing because it doesn't exist you know, if it existed, this thing's got to come out, and and they say it stands upright. It's it's, it's just made up, it's just made up. But so it it made the papers again because people are saying, oh, because this person is an expert on the yeti, and because he's an experienced mountaineer, he would know about these things. Why would he tell lies? Well, he is telling lies, unless he's delusional. You know, it's quite easy for somebody to be delusional about it so the uh, the abominable snowman does not exist it's it's nice and we like a little little bit of a joke don't we they were they had a thing on the television the other day and it's um it's where some blokes in america uh, go round uh, all these places in america where they sell stuff um and it'll, it'll be old men who've got barns full of stuff. Full of stuff. You know, and they'll go, oh, but how much do you want for that? Oh, I ain't selling that. I bought that with my wife, Minnie. It want $10,000. And they were spying all sorts of things. Anyway, in this particular place, they bought a shrunken head, which were very popular at one time for the showman a shrunken head, and, um, and a miniature person in a box with fangs and everything else. And both of them were, were fakes. But shrunken heads do exist. They were actually given to the tribes... Of uh, those people who cut off rival tribesmen 's heads and shrunk them, and then gave them to the kids to play with, so shrunken heads do exist, but these particular ones are showman 's models and they still sell for you know quite a few quite a few hundred um, quite a few hundred dollars but if it was a genuine shrunken head, it could fetch thousands because they don 't come up, and I think they, they were banned from sale and stuff like that. but it was interesting to see the stuff that people store people hoard. And then they sell it and they go, oh, I've got this. It's like I told you, I've got loads of bits and pieces that I buy. And then I think, what am I going to do with that? It's like You know, you just end up with loads of things. I quite like it, actually. I could live, I could live in a museum, uh, definitely. Uh, Robert says, uh, Steve, you make my hour and a half drive from Chelmsford to Windsor and the M25 more enjoyable every morning. I know there's not much to say about the M25, is there? We used to call it the world's biggest car park, you know, because you just sort of sit on it. This time in the morning, it's the best time. You need to sort of get uh, get through everything. And Andy says, "I was told that tap water has been through the digestive system of seven other people. It's bottled water for me since that day." Yes, they all say that the that the tap water has been passed by God knows how many. So it's been through washing machines. It's been passed through your body. It's gone through the toilet. It's gone through everything. I'd rather drink bottled water. I think so. I think the producer doesn't he doesn't care. You know, if you said to him, you know, how many times do you think that water has been filtered? It's been used by everybody. You don't keep it even in your own body. You drink it and then you pass it out and then it gets gets filtered and then it goes back into the system again. I think he thinks that every time he turns the tap on, it's all, it's fresh from the mountain stream running through the back garden, which of course it isn't because he has. No, it's, it's all been used by everybody loads of time. You don't mind that, do you? No, you don't mind. Yeah, well, so they say. So they say. You have to take their word for it, don't you, really? But... Uh, Well, well, you've probably eaten horse meat, and you wouldn't know they haven't fallen ill through eating horse meat. You don't have a problem with eating horse meat. Isn't that awful, ladies and gentlemen? He doesn't have a problem with eating horse meat. Spare a thought for those poor horses out there in the fields, thinking, well, that's the... Pigs know their destiny. They know they're going to end up as, you know, sort of, you know, with Danish written all the way through it. You know, they know that. Pigs anticipate it. Horses just think, oh, we're going to go for a canter through the countryside. Not we're going to end up hanging upside down in, a, in a, a place that where they take away your life and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Horrible. But, uh, yeah, so he doesn't bother about the water. But personally, for the rest of us, I reckon if I did a survey in this building, most people would drink bottled water. You see them all at their desks. Bottled water. You know, bottled waters. I love it. I love it. And it's so cheap as well, I don't really care. I do pay for water. It's quite expensive, but I'm not really that bothered. I'm with Andy. You know, if it's been through the digestive systems of seven other people and I don't know them, I don't want to drink it. I only want to drink, you know, the stuff that, no, it wouldn't make it okay. I do not want to drink water that, that other people have shared with me. I just, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm just a bit funny about things like that. It's like bath water. (laughs) Keith says, why don't you just get the Rolls Royce? Oh, I always have to check my cars first before I buy it. He says, nobody wants to be the richest man in the graveyard. Um, Why not? Of course you want to be the richest man. I want to have one of those gravestones that lights up at night, plays music and everything else. Hi, this is Steve. They're very short. In fact, you can get them, can't you? Talking gravestones where you push a button and the person goes, hi, this is me and uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I could bore people senseless for three hours. I could do a nice... Thing. You could come and sit by my grave and I could tell you a story. And today's podcast, From Beyond the Grave, concerns... And I could just... I could do that, couldn't I? That'd be quite a nice idea. I wonder if that would ever work. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, people buy bottled water because it's cheaper than the water bill. Well, you've still got to get the... You've still got to pay the water bill because you've got to use it for the toilet. So you don't... And also the washing machine and stuff like that. You don't get a cheaper bill because you haven't sort of, you know, used out the tap. Also, you've got to wash up, haven't you? If you've got a metered bill, well, that's different. I don't want to meet it. They always say that more more people who have metered bills end up spending more money on water than everybody else. I mean, I just do washing up and uh, and a shower and that's it. But uh, none of this... Oh, and I use I use the, uh, the hose connected up to the tap as well. So I, I water the pots and everything else. But, I mean, that doesn't take up very much, does it? Well, I don't think it does. I, I've got no idea. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the story of the marine who's selling his gongs to aid a little girl called Lottie, who's four. So he's selling his gongs so that she can have a cancer operation. Bless him and bless her as well. Also, get up for the cup. The draw is at 4.15am. Bleary-eyed football... F- oh, I'll tell you after the news, actually, because it's... Uh, poor old football fans, honestly. they do They do make you suffer, don't they?
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 6.
0: It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's
1: LBC and it's Tuesday, the 22nd of August. So, bleary-eyed football fans, you always get it, don't you, uh, are furious at League Cup bureaucrats for holding the third round draw in the early hours. They will have to get up at 4.15am on Thursday to discover who their teams play because it's taking place in the Chinese capital, Beijing. Bosses hope that having the draw there will help the game expand in Southeast Asia and across the world. So this is the first season of a three-year naming rights deal for the EFL Cup, formerly the League Cup, with uh, Carabao, which is a Thai-based energy drink. Angry fans slammed the move. One said, this is a dying competition. They finally killed it off. A league spokesman admitted, We understand not everybody will agree on the timing of this weekend's round three draw, but it will give the competition the maximum exposure in the UK, Chinese and Southeast Asian markets. This year's draws have all been a disaster in the first round. Charlton was shown to play twice, and in the second round, many clubs were confused over who they'd been drawn with because of changes in the competition's final. I feel so sorry for you poor football fans. Honestly, they pull you from... Pillar to post, don't they? You know, then they sort of go, we're doing this at 4.15 in the morning, and you sort of go, oh, for goodness sake. Why can't they sort of sort it out properly? It's because they're trying to capture a bigger market, that's why, that's why. Uh, Also, avocado seed husks could treat cancer. Apparently, they're packed with chemical compounds. Somebody from the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, doesn't that sound fantastic? Texas Rio Grande Valley says it could... Very well be that avocado seed husks, which most people consider as the waste of wastes, are actually the gem of gems because of the medicinal medicinal compounds within them. What was that years ago? Was it Lily the Pink? Most efficacious in every way. And uh, that also had all these compounds and everything else in. Uh, students' elf fantasy. This is a student determined to become a real live elf that spent £9,000 on surgery to give him... A vampire hairline. Luis Padron underwent a hair transplant that gives him a widow's peak. He's now spent thirty six thousand pounds following his dream after becoming obsessed with the fantasy world. Taking inspiration from Labyrinth, the film, he's already had liposuction on his cheek and skin bleaching. He's now planning to have surgery for pointed ears. Luis, who comes from Buenos Aires, says all of my surgeries are fantasy related. One of the most important parts about being an elf is having long hair. The shape is like Dracula's hair, but it's the ears. He's going to have pixie ears. I mean, I can't help feeling he's mad as a toothbrush. I mean, but he's in, he's in Buenos Aires, so I don't, don't really care. He's nowhere near us, thank God. Uh, but uh, it is bizarre. People, they had the people on the other day, didn't they? Do you remember? They, they were They were vampires. And apparently somebody reckoned there were 15,000 vampires in this country. I look at people completely differently on the bus now. When I was sitting in the hospital yesterday, waiting to be uh, discharged, as it was, a bit like a gun, they, they go in there and they go, so, yeah, how did your operation go? Fine. Uh, have you done this? We done that? Yeah, that's fine. Any pains here? No. Any pains there? I'm going to discharge you. And I went, thank you. And, um, and so, and so what's, what's the matter with you? What's the matter? Why are you smiling? Because had... you're reading the messages. Oh, really? Oh, it's a shame. We like things like that, don't we? Uh, Laughter by the pound. A maths whiz picked up the prize for the funniest joke at the Edinburgh Film Festival. I'm not a fan of the new pound coin, but then again, I hate all change. Ken Cheng. Oh, that means actually 33%. Frankie Boyle. Trump's nothing like Hitler. There's no way he could write a book. Are Are these seriously some of the best jokes? I'm not getting this so far. Uh, one says, "I'm looking for the girl next door type. I'm just going to keep moving house till I find her." That's okay. That's but that's yeah, that's only a little joke, isn't it? I've given up asking rhetorical questions. What's the point? You get that one? Oh, the producer does not get that one at all. Oh, you got that one. I, I bet you got the girl one better. You get the. You got you got both of them. Oh, my God, I said that's the university education for you. I tell you, cause I didn't get the first one at all. Um, Ed Burns says I have two boys five and six we're no we're no good at naming things in our house I think that's quite good I like that and uh, a friend tricked me into going to Wimbledon by telling me it was a men's singles event So sort a of female comedian uh, as a vegan I think people who sell meat are disgusting but apparently people who sell fruit and veg are grosser a grosser you get that? Oh, that's good. That's very clever. I wonder how many chameleons snuck onto the ark. <laughs> how many chameleons? <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that a joke from the two Ronnies years ago about, um, uh, uh, what was his name, Phil, chameleon man who crawled across a tartan rug and exhausted himself? I quite like that idea. Uh, and also, I went to a pretender's gig. It was a tribute act. That's from Tim Vine. You got that one? That's good. I like Tim Vine. He comes up with some great stuff. uh, Wait a minute. I'd like to imagine the guy who invented the umbrella was going to call it The Brella, but he hesitated. Um, Brella. I wonder who did name The Umbrella. We never know that, do we, really? Uh, I wasn't particularly close to my dad before he died, which was lucky because he trod on a landmine. (laughs) You get that one. I wasn't close to my dad because when he died, he trod on a landmine. Okay. Uh, These were the best. These were the best. I mean, seriously, they were the best. Apparently, I suppose. I suppose it depends on how much alcohol you've had. If you've had a fair amount of alcohol, these must. You're probably doubled up at the moment, aren't you? At home. If you just come in from a night out, you just go. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard on Steve Allen's programme. That is even funnier than Steve Allen. It's not possible, is it? It's because when you read them dry. They don't, they don't kind of work, do they, really? But sometimes I do something and people laugh and I think, oh, that's, oh, it must be funny then. I never got it, you know, first time round. But some of these, it's like, it's like some of the Frankie Boyle stuff. It's so rude. I mean, it's so rude that sometimes you, you have an intake of breath. Uh, Steve, I'm never going to touch my chiller water at work anymore. I'll have to buy the blinking horrible stuff now, says Gucci Tom. They always say if you've got a plastic bottle, you shouldn't fill it up from a tap. You shouldn't, because the moment you've used a plastic bottle, it gets germs on it. Glass is better, but I've never bought glass uh, bottles with water. i used two years ago, but not now. It's plastic, I'm afraid. And I don't recycle, much to my embarrassment, but it does go in the rubbish and it does get, you know, picked up by the uh, the council. Uh, one of the things wrong with the new BBC cooking show with Nadia is that we can't remember the name of the wretched show, says Ian. What is the name of the show? Is it Cooking with Nadia or something like that? Hasn't it got a fairly simple name? I didn't, I didn't... Why are we so, see we, we can't remember these things, can we? But we also put that down to the fact Ian, that you're probably getting on a bit in life, and you and you sort of think I I can't remember that. What do they call that show with? I thought it was cooking with with Nadia. That's what I thought it was, but I might be completely wrong. Somebody would probably tell me actually no, it's Nadia's cookery or something like that. Uh, so, the big family cooking show is that with Nadia Hussein? Showdown. Oh right, that was a, Oh well, I've never remembered that in a million years. Why can't they just call it cooking with Nadia? I'd understand better. She was lovely. She's tiny, tiny. Uh, Ian says, even spring water from deep underground has probably been around the water cycle a good few times. Dinosaur pee had to go somewhere. (laughs) If it's in, if it's in, um, dinosaurs never made it onto glaciers, though, did they? I don't think they wouldn't have lasted five minutes. Of course, it depends whether you believe in dinosaurs. That could be another argument, couldn't it? Another argument over whether or not dinosaurs ever existed. used to be a woman who used to phone LBC years ago, and she claimed dinosaurs never existed. And so when Clive Bull challenged her about the Natural History Museum, she said it was all made up. All made up. And she was quite adamant. She was very seriously religious. And her religion didn't believe in dinosaurs. It's like people who believe that God created the earth. And they go, I don't think he did. I think it was created billions of years ago it was the big bang and you can still hear it can't you you can hear that bang that started the whole thing I think it's on it's on YouTube because it took so many millions of years to then reverberate through but it was it was a big bang that started it I mean I'm always fascinated by it don't get me going on it because I'm I just talk rubbish about it I'm always sort of saying how far does the universe go and they go well it's infinity and you go well it's got to finish somewhere isn't it? What is out there? What is out there? If I got in a rocket ship, could I just keep going and 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 just keep going? Or eventually, does it finish? And then you get a a big sign saying, this is the end, and then you fall off the end of it. So the universe is expanding faster than we can travel. So out there, there must be new planets being formed. Mustn't there? There has to be new planets being formed. Now they've discovered that it snows on Mars because the temperature drops so much. Now... So it's always Christmas. At night time, during the daytime, it's not because it's really hot. But at night time, it, it's not, So it's always Christmas. But will you find a yeti or an abominable snowman or Father Christmas or Christmas trees? The answer is no. But there's still got to be something out there. I mean, there might be another planet with, you know, with sort of what we term human life on it. But, you know, we're never going to know. They don't know about us. We don't know about them. They might be less sophisticated than we are. We don't know. We just have no idea. No idea at all. And that's what keeps people guessing, isn't it? You know, about the crop circles and that usual sort of gubbins and things like that. And and whether or not the Egyptians got it right because they knew and there was an afterlife and there was all that kind of stuff. And we go, but I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm prepared to have sort of a reasonable open mind, but I'm not prepared to listen to drivel because that's very worrying. Banks are abandoning the high street. Has your bank been abandoned in the high street? Ten branches a week. Nationwide closures. Because you can do it all online. In theory... You don't need to go into a bank at all. I don't need to go into a bank. For the last um, 20 years, all my banking is done online. I do have an online bank account with, with an online bank. But I've also got my other bank accounts uh, with High Street Banks. Bank, uh, Well, no, banks, sir. And, uh, but I've never been into the branch. Not for years, but 20 years. It's all done online. I need to pay my tax bill. I need to pay my VAT bill. We do it online. It's, it's all set up, so we just click on there, transfer money across. It's all it's all done automatically. I don't need to do it. All I need to do is go to a diddly-dit machine, put in the card and you go, diddly-dit, and the money comes out and you take your card back and that's it. I don't need to physically go into a branch and go, can I take £50 pounds out of my account, please? I don't, I, d- I don't need to do that, actually. Denny in Falkirk is famous for spaceships. Ask producer boy to look it up. Producer boy? He <laughs> means you. Vicky means you, Denny in Falkirk. So it's famous for spaceships. See, I just don't believe in. I'd like to. Here we go, Denny. Uh, Apparently, no, no. Wait a minute, no. And loads of people live there, very famous, but nothing about, nothing about spaceships. Nothing about. It's a town in Falkirk. Six. I'm getting there. It's got the price of getting there, and uh, yeah, it's it's the most dismal town in Scotland. Award. That's what it's got. It's got nothing to do with spaceships. We can't see spaceships. Have we got spaceships on here? Denny Falkirk spaceships. There we go. Denny Falkirk No, nothing. No? We've got, oh the, the Falkirk Triangle. And that, and that's it. But I mean that's just that's just a couple of drunks, isn't it, writing something on a website? I don't believe that at all. No it's not very exciting at all, actually. It's load of old rubbish. Producers even even the producers turned it off. He thinks that's rubbish. He's, Obviously not going for that one in a in a big way.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've been looking at the wrong village.
1: Apparently it's Bonnybridge. Brits want answers. In active case, officials can't crack. A chilling UFO case that saw a tiny Scottish village shoot to international fame is ongoing. Many residents are afraid to come forward. So says a top paranormal expert. So hundreds of residents... Claimed to have seen flashing lights, that's that's called alcoholism, in the night sky amid shocking claims of alien abductions beginning in the winter of 92. The small town, it's only got a population of 6,000, the rest have been abducted. Uh, Quickly made headlines in the UK, Europe and even Japan. Strange lights, engine sounds and blue saucers recorded over the village. Recordings were even taken from the Falkirk Triangle and an area stretching from Stirling to the outskirts of Edinburgh. It's called stars, dear. They're called stars. The blue the blue saucers are things being thrown by your next-door neighbours. But according to a local councillor, Billy Buchanan, aye, there have been 300 reported sightings, but many villagers are afraid to come forward. Apparently, one flying saucer the size of a house landed in a moorland close by. They heard what sounded like a door opening on the vehicle but ran home before they could see what would come out. Oh, it'll be something with ten arms or something, won't it? It'll be your next-door neighbour again. A victim claimed that while watching over cattle one evening, he saw bright orbs in a clearing and was dragged towards a mysterious light source. He later awoke to find triangular burns on the floor and his clothes torn to shreds. Forensics later concluded the rips and tears could not have been caught by forest rocks, only by something mechanical. What, like a pair of scissors, I suppose. That would be mechanical, wouldn't it? And uh, the truth is out there now. 150 years of looking at UFOs in the night sky. 150 years of drinking problems. 150 years of the doolally Brigade. Ooh, strange saucers coming out of the sky. And they've got loads of of pictures of sort of things. All faked. Every single one of them faked. It makes no difference. They always get bad pictures, have you noticed? Never seen a good picture of an alien. The only time we got it was when E.T. came down and had a word with Steven Spielberg about making a film about his life. And uh, and so they did. But the rest of it is just a pile of old rubbish. People want to believe in it. They want to believe that there is... I know one of them is just a street lamp. You can see that. But, of course, it's 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 on a wire. And, uh, you know, th- there are, they say, rare photographs. You know, and I suppose people who read the internet really want to believe that there are strange things out there and they sort of land and they take people up onto the spacecraft. It doesn't happen, OK? I'm here to tell you now it's all just made up, OK? It's a load of old rubbish. There are no such things as UFOs, no such things as flying saucers, no such things as aliens, but there is a whole town who's been abducted. And the reason is uh, nobody likes them. They're just deeply unpopular. So they've just been abducted. Nothing to do with aliens or anything at all. Uh, Steve says, uh, "Jovial John, bottled water don't make me laugh. Try spelling Evian backwards. You see, unfortunately, it is a region, isn't it? That's the problem with Evian, even though it's spelled naive backwards. But what's naive got to do with it? I've been drinking bottled water for years, absolutely years and years and years. And look at me, terribly fit." You know, I'm a picture of health, ladies and gentlemen. Well, sort of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, but uh, the days in between, maybe not so good. It's called Nadia's British Food Adventure. Last night it featured Scotland. What is this obsession with Scotland we've got all of a sudden? Everybody's gone Scottish mad. I think there are two episodes left to broadcast, says William. I like her, I think she's good. But there's loads of other people in the new Bake Off. Uh, Stunt woman to blacksmith, it's all people who want to be on television. They're going to be very irritating. You can just tell how irritating they're going to be. They're irritating just looking at the pictures. Seriously, you've only got to look at pictures. Oh, dear, very irritating, very irritating. Fertility warning over chemicals in cleaning fluid and mouthwash. And the day the sun vanished. Where did it go? Where did it go? It just vanished for two minutes and 40 seconds. And so loads of people gather... In, uh, in Hollywood, with their sunglasses. Oregon at 10.15am. It just goes black, even though it was morning. But we've had that before, haven't we? And, and then Bonnie Tyler sings Total Eclipse of the Heart. Turn around, bright eyes. Whatever it was. But uh, they were all there watching it. And it's just one of those phenomena. And we love it. We love it. Uh, Online abuse is vile, says Damien Thompson, writing in the mail today. But it's not on a par with being attacked in the street. I would agree there. It's still bad, though. Still very, very bad. And uh, the government are going to clamp down on it. And uh, here it is. While fellow showbiz stars paid tribute to the late Sir Bruce Forsyth, who died last week, aged 89, let us not forget, writes Ephraim Hardcastle, the X Factor judge Louis Walsh, uh, who remarked in 2010, his time is finished. Bruce is too old. He's from a different era. He shouldn't even be alive at his age. Wounded Sir Bruce responded splendidly. Louis Walsh said in print, I should be dead by now. Can you believe that from a jumped-up karaoke singer? Sorry, Judge. (laughs) Oh, it's gone all dark next door. You have to stand up and wave your arms around. Oh, look at that, honestly. It's like the show is finished next door, wasn't it, in the control room. And Nick Abbott gets that. You can always tell when Nick Abbott's having one of his bad days. Because all of a sudden it goes dark in the studio. He has to stand up and do an impression of a windmill to try and make the lights come back on again. It's all to do with this. It's conservation. It's, oh, it's gone cold again now. All of a sudden, the drafting air is back. Uh, Blade Dancer, this is uh, Johnny, Paralympic hero, uh, who's become Strictly's first disabled contestant. They make such a big deal about it now. If we didn't make such a big deal about it, it'd be so great, people just get on with it and think it was normal. It's what, Donny? It's set itself to 20 degrees. It's very chilly, isn't it? Very chill. But it keeps you awake, it gives you that little burst in the morning, you know, which sort of makes you go like that. Make sure you drink a hot drink. That's good for you. Imagine, imagine how cold it would be if you were in the Antarctic looking for the Yeti, if you were out there looking for. No, but you're not. But imagine if you were. Imagine how cold it would be. You'd have to have mittens on and tights and everything else. You know, just sort of keep yourself warm. You're going to question tights, aren't you? No, I can tell. Just tell by looking at your face. No. Well, it is. It's meant to be. It's not as cold as it is in the Antarctic. That's why, you know, it's meant to make you feel better. I don't want you to feel bad about the fact that you're freezing to death in there, you know, and you might get hypothermia because I don't think you will. I just think you're being a bit of a drama person. And I think, you know, it's OK. We can get through it. We've got through it every other day, haven't we? We've already done a week and this is sort of week number two. It Seems longer, but it is only week number two. And uh, <laughs> we both survived it. So if we've survived it, that's good. That's good. Fizzy water out of glass bottles tastes better than out of plastic. Same goes for Coca-Cola, says Ian. Yes, fizzy water. but it's, it's, uh, Glass bottles are supposed to be the thing you drink it out of. It's like I always love going abroad. Because it's about one of the only places where you buy Coca-Cola and fizzy drinks like that in glass bottles. And I quite like that. I remember using a machine in Austria. And uh, I put, put my money in and out came a glass bottle of, of Coke. And I remember thinking, that's cool, isn't it? Because we, we just get plastic, plastic bottles here. And it, does, it doesn't look as exciting. Uh, 84850. Is this the first year, says Tony, that nobody from BBC Breakfast is doing the dancing show? I think they've all done it, haven't they? The only person who's not done it is Charlie State. We've had Naga Manchetti, who's done it. We've had the weather girl do it. We've had the little bloke who does the sport doing it. And the other little bloke who used to present it and has now disappeared. So uh, the answer is yes. Nobody from BBC Breakfast. They have, they have trawled a few of their little um, sort of other shows to find people. When we were younger, says Rona, when I was younger, my friend and I used to drive each other mad trying to answer the question what there was before the Big Bang. Where did this uniform, uh, universe come from? I've got no idea. Before the Big Bang, I don't know what was here. I'm not that old. I know I sound that old sometimes, but I've got no idea. What was here before the Big Bang? I just know that there was, I don't know. Where did it come? I know, you can ask that question, can't you? And you never get the answers you want. I mean, were there really, you know, was this sort of... So, obviously, this was pre-pre-dinosaurs, billions of years before dinosaurs. What happened then? What was it, just empty planets with somebody waiting for us to be discovered? And then you have a big bang, and all of a sudden they go, look, dinosaurs. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Who made the universe? Who made what we've got now? How do, where did all these different animals come from? You know, if, if we were descended from apes... How come you go to the zoo and see apes? Why have they not turned into men before your very eyes? I mean, all these questions, there's no answers to them. I'm sure somebody could explain it to me better. But uh, I have spoken to to some of the best experts and they don't seem to give me a a sort of a reasonable answer. So what was here beforehand? Where where do giraffes come from? What what was there before a giraffe? Was, Was there a horse with an extended neck or something? You know, what was there before ants? And and cockroaches and all these... Or did or did God create everything? Or was it nothing to do with God? Does God not exist? Was it just a book put out to keep people appeased because there was no daytime television? You know, there was no Amon and Ruth. So somebody said, Let, let's give them a book. Let's call it the um, the Bible. Where the name comes from, I have no idea. And we make up this story. Only we'll have a bloke called Jesus and he goes around and he does loaves and fishes, a couple of little magic acts. and uh, But it was all created by God. And and then and then Jesus dies, and and then we're all saved, or not as the case may be, because we seem to have more murders going on now than ever before. So quite clearly, something's going wrong somewhere. Somebody's telling fibs. Somebody's not being particularly honest about things. But where did we come from? You know, was I really an ape at one? T- no, I obviously wasn't because I'm not that old. But you know, years ago, was it people who sort of? Oh, well, we've got the news coming up now. Well, that's it. We'll have to we'll have to postpone that question till the other side. You'll never know the answer, will you? And it's a shame, really, because I was about to give you the answer. Well, I was about to make something up. The world's oldest bowls club in a sexism round. The sexism is they don't want women; they only want men in there. So, which is rather sh- in this day and age, I didn't think you could do that. The banks abandoning the high street, ladies and gentlemen. Ten branches shut every week. Don't think we've got ten branches around us, but we've still got a Barclays, we've got a NatWest, we've got a Lloyds, and the rest of building societies. Uh, can we make the green man light up longer to help elderly people cross the road because it's very difficult for them and also the security staff telling football fans can you show us your bra, can I feel excuse me, I hope not
0: you're listening to a podcast from
1: LBC morning everybody, nice to have company, you well we just asked that if you're a new listener or you're a tourist we always do that in this country the first thing you say, first thing you say to somebody is you are right." And that, that, that covers everything. It sort of means, you know, medically, are you OK? It doesn't mean am I qualified medically to ask you, but we always inquire about people's health. The one thing we don't want is them to come back with, well, actually, no, it started on Tuesday when I was... I've done that before, just to wind somebody up. And uh, somebody said to me, how are you? And I go, well, actually, I'm not very well at all. I went to the hospital the other day, and you can see them wiz- visibly wilting in front of you. Anyway, it's nice to have you company. It's LBC. Uh, we take the pa- we'll do the front pages of the papers after 6.30 this morning. We take all your texts and emails, 84850 uk. So we just, just before the news, we were hopefully going to get the answer of where we all came from. Where does everything come from? Where do all the animals come from? Where do lions come from? Tigers? Were, were they originally a different animal, like a tortoise that got brave, and all of a sudden they started... I mean, where do they come from? You know, how, how does this work? I mean, and do we have any new animals that are being born now that we've never seen before? I know when we go down into the sea and they go deep, 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 like two or three miles down, they start discovering things that they've never seen before. You know, marine animals that have been there for probably millions of years. But where do all these other things come Where do hyenas come from? Where do elephants come from? Where do wallabies come from? Where did my producer come from? You know, you have to ask these questions. All these things which are totally unexplainable. And you have no idea. And all, all we get is, oh, we were all descended from apes. Well, at what, at what period of time did we stop developing from apes? And why don't they, they change in the zoos? All of these, it's, it's now, it's so complicated. And yet we look up into the heavens and we go, look at all these stars. And then you've got that beautiful thing the other, the other evening, which, you know, just vanishes, doesn't it? Just shh, the sun vanishes and it's hidden as it moves behind. And we all stand there. We've done it. I remember doing it before when we had an eclipse. And everybody takes these little things out there and looks through a pinhole camera or whatever else. And you think, the stranger things out there, aren't there? Stranger things. Uh, life on Mars, the question in the paper today. And uh, they've now identified snowstorms out there. They said that the microbursts occur due to the cooling of water ice particles in clouds. Uh, now, I don't know how far away Mars is. I don't know whether or not we could, you know, sort of nip out there lunchtime and then come back again. So we could say, you know, trips to the moon, trips to Mars. But unfortunately, Mars is so far away, it's 54.6 million kilometres. I mean, that would put the planet... I mean, it's, it's, it's so far away. It seriously is. I mean, it's, it's, it's ages and ages, ages and ages away. It's 300,000 kilometres away. That's 225 million kilometres from Earth. So you're not going to do it in a day, are you? So, up a second is the speed of light, right? So, in other words, information from there takes 14 minutes to reach Earth. 14 minutes. So, if you've travelled at the speed of light, you get there in 14 minutes. But we don't travel. We can't travel at the speed of light. So, in other words, you actually would have sort of got there before you'd taken off kind of situation. So, if you go down a little bit further, it says, so, how long does it take to get to Mars, and uh, they've got a nice picture of it. It looks a bit barren, actually, not the sort of place. I don't see a McDonald's there. Is there a McDonald's on Mars or a, B- a Burger King or something? Oh, it's an advert. I know that. And uh, but uh, I can't find it. So how far away is it? Blah 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 blah. And how long does it get? Wait a minute. Wait. <coughs> there you go. That's a sign. If not thank you. untight, I think. Um, so the closest approach: nine hundred thirty-nine days to get there. Thirty-nine. The That's if you use the current fastest spaceship so far, 39... Well, I don't think I've got... I mean, that's a month. A month to get there. And then you get there and you go, oh, I don't want to be here. It might be very inhospitable to us. If it's going to be very, very cold with snowstorms at night, I don't want to go there. And there's obviously, you know, where where do you recharge the spaceship? So it's all a bit fantasy, isn't it? They they, they can tell you anything about it, but it doesn't really help. Uh, This study is published in Nature Geoscience magazine. Uh, and it it tells you all about it. However, the other thing is very interesting. For the first time in a decade, first time in ten years, there is no snow on Britain's highest mountain. It's now 11 years since Ben Nevis was last totally free of the white stuff. Ian Cameron, who surveys snow patches in Scotland's hills and writes annual reports, says the situation this year is mainly down to a lack of snow last winter. Because normally once it snows, it then tends to stay there, doesn't it? But they haven't had any. Nadia Steve is appearing in two shows for the BBC at the same time. The Big Family Cooking Showdown and Nadia's British Adventure. No wonder people are confused, says Paul. Uh, 17p in Tesco for a litre of uh, bottled water, says Kate. In Scumthorpe. I'd love to be in Scumthorpe at this precise moment. I feel like doing a seaside resort. I'd like doing. I'd, I'd like to have a fish and chip shop on a seaside uh, front somewhere. A nice little bay, but the only one, you know, the only one doing fish and chips. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Collier Row, north of Romford, our last bank... Uh closes next month. We have cash points to get money out, but have no banks to pay money in. My church has its weekly collections to pay in, and now we have to travel five miles into busy Romford to pay our cash and checks in, says Jim. I don't know what the shops in Collier Road do with their takings. Yes, I mean, we've got, um, we used to have a machine in my bank, which I don't, I don't use my bank because I do everything online. Um, and you would put your money in an envelope and then pay it into the machine. You could sort of tap in what, what, what it was. It, a little slip comes out. You put it in the envelope, the kn- 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 envelope, and then you put it in there. It's like licking stamps. Who licked a stamp recently? Nobody. Nobody licks stamps anymore. They don't have lickable stamps. They're all automatic, aren't they? You just sort of self-adhesive stamps. I used to enjoy licking it, and then you Like that. I used to hate the taste of stamp gum. Gum Arabic, I think it was. I always thought it was made with fish... Fish and something like that. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, UK. Biblos is Greek for book, hence Bible, bibliography, says Jerry. Thank you. In County Down. Hope the weather's kind to you at the moment. Um, (laughs) Mike says, I agree with the Steve Allen show. Don't ask how I am if you don't want to hear. Yeah. Apparently, we didn't descend from apes. We evolved alongside apes from a common Ancestor. Homo sapiens themselves are classified as great apes, along with chimps, gorillas and orangutans. You see, I'm confused already. I'm confused already by the whole thing. I've seen the picture of, of, of people, and it looked like an ape. Humans and apes shared a common ancestry. Apes did not evolve into humans. Hence, we still have apes today, says David. You see, already we're getting the answers back. You know these things. Uh, John's found the cheapest water. Six bottles for a quid in Wilco. I think roughly the same in Iceland. And I think Poundland the same. I think they do six bottles for a pound, surprisingly, in Poundland. Uh, Other stories of the papers. This is first raised by an American breakfast TV show, and I remember the day very well. I've uh, said before, I remember when Diana died, because I remember we used to call into Earl's Court. We'd go out for dinner on a Saturday evening, call into Earl's Court, pick up the Sunday papers and go home, and on that particular morning, the papers were late. And the man in the paper shop in Earl's Court said, because we went in there every week, he said, there must be some stories, because they're all late and so we went, oh, right, OK. So there was no point hanging around because we didn't know when they were going to come out. And on the way home, it turned out that there'd been an accident uh, with Diana. LBC was putting that out. And uh, and then by the uh, the morning news had come in that she'd, she'd been killed. And I think that was the devastating thing. And so when they started covering it and the flowers started appearing at Kensington Palace and in, inside of Buckingham Palace by the gates there, I mean, acres and acres of flowers, £30 million worth of flowers, uh, just in the grounds of Kensington Palace, and an American breakfast TV show started filming and asked the question, why aren't they flying the flag above Buckingham Palace at half-mast? And the truth of the matter is... The Queen was on holiday. I think she was in uh, at Balmoral, I'm pretty certain, somewhere like that. Uh, or Sandringham. one of the two. Anyway, um, she had no intention of coming back down to England. She had no intention of coming back down to do anything at all. They did put up a flag at half-mast, half which was covered by all the news programmes. And again, people were still saying, where is the Queen? Why is she not come back down again? And basically, I think it was the newspapers that forced the royal family to come back from their holiday, to come down to London, to uh, accept, they said, you need to come down, your subjects need you. And I think that was the push. Up until then, they had no intention of moving from where they were. They were on holiday. They'll deal with it when they come back. They, 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 They do it in their own way. They're not interested in people dying and yet take away a yacht... Or a corgi drops dead, and immediately we're going to meltdown. So they they weren't they weren't doing it. So when when the queen was basically forced by the newspapers to come back down again, then things things changed dramatically, and um, and it was it was quite. I don't even think any, they they were actually prepared for the outpouring of grief. This is uh, the week the world wept. I mean, it just it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I remember it yesterday. Uh, the oh, I can't do that story. Uh, the uh, the fly tipper. In the papers today, this is uh, heaving furniture and bin bags full of rubbish out of his van. Fly tipper Jamie Humpage, aptly named Fat Bloke Fat. Here he is in his tracksuit. He parked his van right in front of a CCTV camera. They obviously had, uh, had wind that somebody was going to be dumping stuff. He's now been jailed for six months. He chucked a wardrobe, a fridge, a wardrobe into the lane, convicted of eight separate tipping offences around the West Midlands. Good, I'm glad he's gone to prison. Glad he's gone to prison. Sentencing him says these offences are so serious I'm going to give Mr Humpage a custodial sentence and ban him from driving. Good, good. Last night uh, local councillor said it's good news this man goes to prison. Well let's get the rest of them. There's loads of them. There's rubbish dumped everywhere from people like him. White van men, flatbed, you know, trucks and things like that and they just go and dump it so, you know, around certain areas they about to put up sort of things to stop people dumping on other people's land. So uh, let's let's get them all into prison, shall we? Quick as possible.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Very interesting. I'm reading a story in the Daily Mail today on a high-tech mat which detects foot ulcers before they develop. Uh, and the one thing, it says, if the mat senses a significant increase, even in one tiny spot, it flashes red. Where do you get this mat from? It sounds utterly brilliant. Because up to 40% of diabetic ulcers take at least three months to mend. and In an around 14% of cases, wounds are still present after a year. Good Lord. And that's it. The device may help millions of diabetics at risk of foot amputation. I'm always telling people, and people, you know, I remember talking to friends of mine years ago. I said the, the one thing that diabetics uh, can, can be uh, at risk of is bad circulation in your feet, which can result in amputation. And somebody said no. I said, oh, seriously, yes, you actually find a lot of uh, diabetics actually have their, um, their feet or their toes amputated. But uh, I like the idea of this mat. Where you get that from, I shall be dying to find out later. So many different things, aren't there? So many different things. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people tell me about cheap water at the moment. It's amazing, actually. Uh, Jenny and Battersea says, I bought a stamp yesterday, had to lick it. Well I've never heard of such a thing. I haven't licked a stamp in years that you buy a little book. Well exactly how she said she bought it in a in a post office. Must have been a very old one. Because uh, you buy little books of stamps now. I buy them in Costco. You get fifteen stamps in a book. What? Of course I buy them in Costco, they sell and it's cheaper. It's cheaper to buy a little book of stamps, you say, save a few sort of pennies on them. And so I've always got stamps at home. I've got loads of stamps, books of stamps, loads of them, first and second class over Christmas. Well, because you never know, you write a letter or you send something up, two stamps on it immediately, and off you go. Always keep stamps. Don't you keep stamps? At the moment, probably about um, 12 packets of stamps. Well, it's not a case of how much post do I send. It's a case of have I always got it there in case somebody says, have you got a stamp? I've got stamps in my wallet. Yeah, I've got stamps in my wallet as well at the moment. I've got hundreds of stamps, yeah. Well, you never know when you're going to need to send out something. So I've got an, an old... Well, I don't know. I see the, These are 12 first-class stamps. And here I've got six... I've got nine left. So I carry those with me. I've, no, I don't, you're taking the mickey out of me, don't freak, you make me sound as though I'm mad or something. <laughs> Producer taking the Michael at this time of the morning, it's not necessary, is it, ladies and gentlemen? It's just that I always like to be prepared. I was a good boy scout, and uh, we were told, always be prepared. So I've got stamps, so if, 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 if you say to me, well, oh, you haven't got a stamp, have you? I can go, I have! I have, you see, and all of a sudden, you've got another friend. Well, if now people know I've got stamps, they'll all be asking. They'll be going, oh, has anybody got any... Steve will have stamps. Steve, have you got any stamps? I have! I've got, you know, nine stamps on me, nine first-class stamps. And I've got loads at home. I've got lots of little packets of stamps that I buy because I've forgotten I bought them the last time round. <laughs> so I end up with even more of them. I told you, I've just bought these, these shoes, which I saw advertised because they're quite comfy. And they're sort of, you know, you get a bit elderly. It's quite nice to wear something comfy, slip-ons. And uh, they're these sketches shoes, and the last time they were they were reasonably cheap. Then the price went up and then I couldn't find that. and I wasn't going to spend, you know, 46 quid on a pair of shoes. So I sold them at 30 the other day, so I bought four pairs. You know, you don't want to miss out, do you? It's like the stamp thing, you know. Now now people know that I've got three pairs left, I've given away a pair of ten and a half size uh, sketches, And I've got lots of stamps at home. I would think it's at least 15 or 20 books of stamps. Just for that odd moment when somebody says has anybody got a spare stamp? Or, you know, the company says, I'm sorry, does anybody have a spare hundred stamps? I've got them. I've got them. I can always help people out. But uh, never had to, to lick one in years, Jenny. So either yours was very old or they don't sell many stamps in that post office, which is probably uh, probably the uh, the main answer. Um, they're so desperate for news at the moment uh, that they're actually putting pictures of the uh, of donuts, the, uh, the Showtime. This is for the Bake Off programme. Eight, uh, 58 minutes, 18 seconds. The ads, 16 minutes, 42 seconds. But they've got to pay for it. That's how the, They've paid enough for this programme. It's just, I don't know why they put Noel Fielding on. One of the unfunniest people on television. That's why you hardly ever see him, because he's just not funny. Uh, Twitter users could be arrested for unfriendly tweets because of a clumsy crackdown on hate crime. The Crown Prosecution Service has ruled hate Crimes on social media must be taken off, uh, taken sorry, taken as seriously as offline offences. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll wait and find out. Joe Wicks, who they sort of put on there, and he looks great. And then he opens his mouth, and it just sounds peculiar. Just not doesn't sound right at all. Uh, sunbed addicts. I bet there's a few of you listening at the moment who are addicted to sunbeds. You are addicted to lying on the bed because you want to be that colour. It tends to be mainly. The cheaper end of the market. People who want to go on sunbeds are sort of at the cheaper end of the market. The sort of people who do that and then they also have their nails done and they have a pedicure and a manicure and all that. That's why these bars are all over the place. We've got about six in Twickenham. I don't know how there's enough business, but they do a pedicure and a manicure together for 30 quid. There must be huge profits in it. Huge profits in it. And uh, every so often the, uh, the police do a raid on it and take away all the staff and then within 24 hours it's restaffed again. It's uh, obviously the place where sort of most people go if they're sort of not supposed to be here. Uh, plus, 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 lots of pictures of Ant McPartlin, I'm sorry, grey socks and short trousers. Not a good look. That's like, that's like people who wear sandals with socks. Not a good look. It's not a nice day. I always tap them on the shoulder and say, never again. You know, I feel you have to do that to them. I think it's I think it's much, much easier. Uh, so Big Ben has been uh, silenced and lots of people... Crowds, I mean, seriously, crowds of people turned up, take a photograph. Perhaps they were recording it at the same time. Perhaps they think it's important, but, you know, it could have been taken any other time, couldn't it, of sort of people uh, just interested in hearing its last bongs. But it will be bonging out on New Year's Eve and other events as well. Uh, I did mention earlier on about Max Clifford having a heart attack in prison. And police have threatened to turn dogs on peaceful residents, protesting about an illegal traveller camp on a sports ground. Footage shows uh, townsfolk clashing with police after hundreds of locals shouted, out, 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 at the illegal campers. One man could be heard saying, members of the public are being kicked off a public field and threatened with dogs if they don't go, so gypsies can stay on the field. They're not gypsies, they're travellers. That's the difference. A police officer said, uh, told him, not bitten, but they will get used to them out. The public have to leave or the dogs will be set upon us. We'll be bitten by the dogs. That's a bit wrong, isn't it? But I think the police are frightened of travellers. They certainly appear to be in most uh, occasions. And so there's a, a bonfire, tyre tracks, vans of uh, done doughnuts. In one corner of the field, broken furniture and uh, smashed up caravans, abandoned. Everywhere they go, they seem to leave just ruined, don't they? They have no... Uh, they're not remotely bothered about the countryside or anybody's uh, anybody's belongings or anything like that. Bit of a shame. Uh, incidentally, if the DIY stroke hardware store on the Noel Edmonds Cheap, Cheap, Cheap was to be given an actual high street name, would it be... Oh, can't repeat it, it's too rude. It's B and O something, with another rude word at the end of it. Uh, TV irritations, just about everything at the moment. It's all very irritating. There's nothing on the television which I'm sort of getting excited over. I quite liked, actually, Tipping Point... Uh, ben Shepard, the famous dam busters raid of World War II targeted dams in which country? Mark said, America. They really get some dumb people on that programme. I mean, seriously, you know, people have never heard of the Ruhr Dam, but there you go, obviously not. And um, great TV lies and delusions. I suddenly realised, watching Ryland Clark on this morning, doing showbiz news, he's like, he just reads it from a newspaper. He doesn't know anything. just basically copies everything that we do on our free podcast. He just copies it and then just repeats it with the, with the photos from the newspapers. But anyway, uh, Sarah's fine. She wouldn't be in the Big Brother house if she wasn't. <laughs> Quite clearly he's not seen it. She's not fine at all. She's having a breakdown every five minutes because she's attention-seeking. And, uh, and she's drunk as well. But she shouldn't be given alcohol. They should definitely not give her alcohol. She might actually learn to be a, a decent human being. And uh, Paul Dannon, that's rubbing it in. Sarah blatantly snogging somebody in front of 8.4 million people. £8.4 I think it's under a million a show. It's really pitifully poor, the audience figures for Big Brother, with or without Sarah. But I bet they actually got her for threepence. I bet they got her for threepence. And um, there's a man here. Now, this is an old one. Did you remember who did the story about the man who gets onto the plane and his seat's wet? They've just printed it today in the sun. It's like two days old. They must be getting really desperate at the sun. Really desperate. And they've even... Well, they haven't put somebody's name on it, so I'm, I'm assuming... You know, they just sort of do it as a filler and hope that nobody notices. I notice. I notice these things. I'm always checking out, going, wait a minute, we did that story ages and ages ago. So, uh, you know, you have to sort of have to try and bring yourself up to that. But there isn't anything out, is there? Also, the comedy icon, the charity hero. But Jerry Lewis had a dark side. Apparently, he, uh, he bedded Marilyn Monroe. I should imagine most of Hollywood bedded Marilyn Monroe. not exactly backwards at coming forward. Let's face it. Goodness sake. But uh, he's got a big family. But he raised a lot of money. He did his uh, telethons. He did these telethons. And I just, I, I just didn't find him funny. But there again, there's lots of American comedians that I don't find funny. Uh, his firm sells vitamins that claim to make hair grow. And uh, here's one of the blokes on Dragon's Den. Tej Lalvani is worth every penny. He sprang a full head of hair in time for the series launch on Sunday, despite having a thinning barnet in recent years. Perhaps it's a toupee. Difficult to tell, isn't it? Because I think once your hair's dyed, I think
0: it's dyed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nick Ferrari coming up for breakfast this morning at 7 o'clock on LBC. Police in Spain have shot and killed the Barcelona terror suspect, Yunus Abu Yacob, the final member of the 12 strong terror cell who was still at large. How can the UK protect itself from groups like this? The government is proposing that close cooperation with European courts will be crucial. For families and businesses post Brexit. Nick will speak to the Secretary of State for Justice, David Lidington. And as a prisoner is finally back behind bars after 22 years on the run, Nick will be asking, how could he have dodged the authorities for long? 22? It was almost impossible, isn't it? And he was caught getting back on a Eurostar train. I think they didn't miss him or something. He was only 18 months from finishing the sentence. So he decided to, to sort of spend 22 years on the run, so he's got to go back to prison. They should literally give him the whole original sentence back again. You know, you get a prison for five years. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. And how can the UK protect itself from uh, these terror cells? Well, they're already here. I think they're already here. I don't think you need to sort of protect yourself. We've got to just find out who they are and then stop them. And luckily, that's what we have the security services for. Uh, Commemorative stamps need licking. What's commemorative stamps? What's a commemorative stamp? That's... Like, oh, the special stamps. They need... Yeah, but people don't use those, do they? People people save those. I've got my, my, my friend Lynn. She saves all the stamps. I saved for a year. I sort of joined this scheme. They send you all the stamps for a year. I've still got them. I haven't bothered putting them in the album. I get the album and all the stamps for that particular year, and that's it. Uh, Steve, the odd denomination stamps are still lickable, says Lorraine, due to the small demand for them, and because they don't mass-produce them, like the 1P and the odd ones that cover certain postage costs, like £2.23. Uh, You could use 101 one-piece stamps, yes, if you so choose. I mean, obviously a bit silly on an envelope because you just have to keep putting them over the top of each other. But yes, I've had parcels delivered here with loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of stamps to make it up. But I always put extra stamps on there because I I can't work out the size or the weight of anything nowadays. I don't have a set of scales at home and I can't be fagged to walk around the post office to weigh an envelope. So I just put two first-class stamps on everything, hence having 100 at home. Makes it easier like that. Because if I put one on and I have to pay the other end, I feel a bit guilty about the whole thing. So, uh, so that's why. Tony and Hayley are having a 25th anniversary with a little breakdown in Whitstable. Oh, so they're having a breakdown in Whitstable. OK. And that's from uh, Annie and Bradley. Quite nice. I love the way you put kisses on it. I wasn't sure if that was for me or Tony and Hayley who are celebrating their 25th anniversary. Imagine God, blimey, it's like Sarah Harding. You can't, I mean, she couldn't last 25 minutes, let alone 25 years. Goodness sake. And Mike says, I think the Steve Allen show uses stamps on emails. Yeah, and the problem is, hello, what's the matter with that? Goodness sake, honestly. It's like, you know, I've just bought curtains for my computer. Because I've got windows. And, uh, you yeah. know, hello, normal, normal. Front pages of the uh, of the papers. It's a bit dull. A little bit dull and uninteresting, I'm afraid. Uh, the Daily Mirror bring you the Barcelona terrorist in the bomb vest. It was a fake one. He got shot dead. So, as I predicted yesterday, he wouldn't last too long. They don't waste time, do they? Once they'd found him and somebody gave them a tip-off, uh, he was mown down. Uh, the Bradley Walsh exclusive is he's the doctor's new assistant. Because people tend to forget he just doesn't do game shows. He does loads of things. The cricket legend that is Geoffrey Boycott caught up in a racism row after a rant about honours for West Indian cricketers. So if I turn to page five, he was doing a, um, an after-dinner speech, I think. It was a VIP event at Edgebaston. He's 76 and he made the comment to these VIP guests at a Q&A session during a break in play at Edgbaston on Saturday. The BBC Test Match special commentator said knighthoods were handed out like confetti to West Indian greats. He told Sky Sports presenter Gary Newbon hold, hosting the session, mine's been turned down twice. I'd better black me face. God blimey, honestly. It was met by an uneasy silence at the Birmingham venue where diners, including several black guests, had paid nearly £300 each for a luxury hospitality package. A sort said, it was a crass comment, intended to get a laugh, but it went down like a lead balloon. Among the 11 West Indian cricketers knighted, uh, Sir Kirkley Ambrose... Garfield Sobers and, of course, Viv Richards. The source said, Is boycott suggesting they got knighthoods merely because of the colour of their skin? Birmingham is celebrated for its racial tolerance. We can do without dinosaurs like him spouting rubbish. Well, I have to be honest. I mean, I, I can't help but, uh, but agree. And uh, he was like, perhaps would used it before, I don't know. He retired from cricket uh, in 82, two years after getting an OBE. He did not respond to the request from the Mirror for a comment. It does seem an odd thing to say, doesn't it? And I, I only put it as politely as odd, because you think in a room full of people, which included black people, and he's sort of saying, oh, yes, you know, in order to get an award, perhaps I should have blacked my face. It's kind of just pushing it a bit too far. But there again, he's 76. Perhaps he's gone... Perhaps he's gone gaga. Perhaps, he uh, perhaps he doesn't know. The terror in Barcelona. The cops gunning down the van driver. We've got him. Uh, he was wearing a suicide vest, but it was, it was fake. So they managed to kill, I think, about eight of them now. So that's a good news. They're about the youngest that we've ever seen. The other ones were a little bit older. But as I say, how you radicalise somebody like that, probably because they're terminally stupid, I should imagine, and couldn't give a stuff about families or anything like that. They don't certainly care about human life. So why the French or anybody else should care about it, or the Spanish, I can't imagine. They just um, they just take them out. They're not going to waste time of putting somebody in court. They've got the other ones. You know, perhaps they'll die mysteriously. Uh, the Sun this morning, Joe Wick, Sunday dinner's still a winner. This was a story the other day that you're abandoning the roast on a Sunday and you're going for other things. Well, I don't know. I don't believe that. I believe that all around the country there are pubs who are doing Sunday roast, Roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, roast potatoes... Carrots, peas, gravy. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Very nice indeed. And it's still a dinner. I don't think people are going for pasta and stuff like that. Also doughnuts. This is uh, Paul Hollywood, Sandy Toxfic, and Prue Leith and then some dreadfully unfunny poor old dinosaur stuck in the dark ages with that funny old hair. Uh, the addicts of Sunbeds make all the papers today. People who just cannot go anywhere without being Tanned. And so they go on sunbeds and it makes them feel better. I've been on sunbeds. I've done sunbeds. I've got friends who've had sunbed salons and uh, I used to use them all the time. I can't do it now for some reason. It makes my skin go a bit funny, whether that's down to the diabetes, I don't know. But uh, I used to enjoy being brown. I thought it was a nice colour. It made you look healthy. You wake up in the morning, you go, wow, I look healthy. Uh, Nowadays, you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, dear. It's a restoration job again. It's not going to work, is it? You have to sort of have to sort of just put your best foot forward and just, just make the best of it, ladies and gentlemen. But people do feel better with a tan. That's why we go on holiday. We go on holiday and we lie there roasting on a sun lounger, don't we? Going, oh, I'm going to look really good. And then, you know, and then you don't. Then you just look a bit sort of red and then you start peeling and that's when half your skin is shed in the bed. It's ghastly. Banks Abandoning the High Street is the main story for the Daily Mail today. And uh, the eclipse dazzling the trumps, it's even more orange than me. I don't think he actually said that. I think they uh, they decided. Also, a day late with this picture. We've done Madonna and Child, all six of them the other day, as Madonna shows off and sort of sticks Lourdes up there. And then the I think there's one, two, three, I think four are, uh, are adopted children. Uh, two of them look really miserable, really unhappy. And then they've got the funniest jokes at Edinburgh. Not really funny at all. And somebody says, I don't believe in coincidence. I say, oh, my God, me neither. You know, and that's it. I still think I still think that was the best one. I have two boys, five and six. We're no good at naming things in our house. I think that's actually quite quite a good one. But uh, combine harvesters and you have a really big restaurant. Combine harvesters and you'll have a really big restaurant. No? Okay, we can work on that. Uh, also, the TV producer makes all the papers. I saw it yesterday, actually. I didn't know she was a producer there. She's brain damaged after one bite of a holiday meal. This is uh, Amy May Sheed uh, on with her mother, Sue. She goes on holiday. She's allergic to nuts. She carries an, ana- uh, carries an anaphylactic pen. Didn't make the slightest difference because uh, she uh, she had some chicken. She went. She used to work... With, uh, with Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langsford. And um, Eamon Holmes says we'll be fighting for nuts to be banned on flights. She can't talk. She's, she's, she's that... Effect- I mean, seriously. She's seriously affected. And um, she can understand speech. And uh, she blinks her eyes and she agrees that there should be a ban. Uh, her parents... She was only given a 30% chance of survival. Her parents were told that she, she could be dead within, uh, within a matter of, of weeks. She's been moved to a facility... And uh, she's got to go into an adapted home, but they've had to sell their former home to fund her treatment costs because her condition was not covered by her insurance. So they've set up a, a foundation. I mean, it's, it's seriously. Should one minute a normal person, the next minute, you'd you'd never believe this was just caused by one bite of a holiday meal. That was all it was—one bite of a holiday meal. Salutary advice for everybody in there, if you know. People so We do make light of it. I did with a friend of mine when he said, "Oh, he said I'm allergic to uh, to nuts." And I went, yeah, right, what's going to happen? He said, well, it could be dreadful. I don't know. So that's why when you go to restaurants now, you have to check, don't you, on exactly, uh, you know, whether or not this this product contains nuts or whether or not. I didn't really see. It's funny the things you can be allergic to or whether or not it's it's been made in a factory whereby there were nuts there at the same time. So it came into contact. Worrying thing, isn't it? Really, because I, I tend not to use nuts. I did bring some nuts in for the uh, for the team a short while ago, cashews. But then I, perhaps I should have put a big sign up there saying, "If you're allergic to nuts." But I think people know, don't they? Morning, Phil Vickery, at sixteen minutes to uh, to seven. I hope you're uh, you're well this morning. Everybody's well. They keep showing back uh, the funeral of Diana. I remember it so. I remember sitting there with a friend of mine, Jimmy. We sat there watching the funeral go by, and uh, and London just stopped. London stopped for that day. People were either glued to the radio, the television, and uh, and we'll always remember the sight of the boys walking behind uh, the coffin. One of the pallbearers has been interviewed, Philip, uh, Philip Barclay, because I think they were so worried. They had to get it so right because the eyes of the world were on them. It's very hard to do because at each stage of the four-mile march, there were people clapping. I can remember the throwing of the flowers onto the hearse. And So when they got to the motorway at Hendon, they had to stop and take all the flowers off the motorway and put them by the side of the road. I mean, there were, those, there were thousands out there. You know, the people who'd uh, worked on her charities, the people who'd, who'd done everything. And then these flowers, people had obviously taken flowers down to throw for the hearse and uh, for the cortege. It was just, I mean, you'll not see it again. You'll not see it
0: again. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Nice to be company. Tuesday, 22nd of... I don't know what the weather's going to be for today. I can't remember if it's going to be a a nice day or a wet day or a miserable day. Yesterday we seemed to have a mixture, didn't we? We had sort of sunshine, showers, because I went to the hospital... ...to get signed off, just so they could sort of check that I'm sort of... ...I'm OK, and I went, yeah, I'm fine, so I was signed off. And uh, and then when I came out, it, it had a little bit of rain... ...but nothing really too much to worry about. Front pages of the uh, papers, the this morning, it's a mixed bag. Uh, they've got nothing, they don't have any news... ...now that that man has been shot dead, uh, just outside of Barcelona. Uh, the papers are just going, good, he's been shot dead. The others are in custody, there's about three, I think, in custody. Uh, front page of the Daily Star, Bake Off, back and rude as ever... It's just another Bake Off program. I couldn't care less how much they've spent on it. It makes no difference to me. Will I be watching it? Probably not. Probably not. I'm not that bothered actually. I can I can live without things like that. I'm not. There's nothing you know that I would literally rush home to watch on television. Years ago, I used to have a a recorder and I would record things, and uh, I would be sort of um, you know watching stuff back and then you get and then I suddenly realise all this stuff that you had that you had to watch. You've got to try and fit it in with all the other things. And it's not easy to do. I promise you, it really isn't. So I sort of gave up recording things. And I decided that uh, it was easier not to have a recordable DVD or a player or anything like that. So I just watched DVDs. Yeah, and also, it's online, there's nothing, you don't need to record it. I've had so many, you know, video recorders over the years, one which was barcode, and you did this and did that, and the machine reset itself, and then you start thinking, this is just pointless, this is just a pointless exercise. So I don't, if I miss something, I miss it. I can always read about it in the newspapers. Don't forget, I have a free podcast for you this morning, uh, every day, Monday through Friday, we have a free podcast, and thousands upon thousands upon thousands you you downloading, which I'm very grateful for. It doesn't cost you anything, hence being called a free podcast and the app for it is free as well. You just go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you download the free app, which means you can listen to LBC wherever you are in the country, which is great. It's so much easier than having to worry about you going away on holiday. I now get people writing in saying, "I'm away on holiday, but I'm taking you with me," and so I've been to no end of places on holiday. Seriously, I mean, I never actually see them, but I just get taken along for the ride, which I quite like, and then people write in and say, it's a lovely morning here in Koh Samui, or here we are we're lying on the beach in, uh, in wherever it happens to be, Venice Beach in America, or we're just having breakfast by the pool and all that. So I feel as I've been to these places. I haven't, of course, it's all, it's all Fantasy Island. So uh, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, and it means you don't have to miss anything that goes out on the station. Plus, of course, you get to uh, and get the free podcast. I'm not the only one with a free podcast, quite a number of other presenters have free podcasts as well. Uh, Sarah, according to the Daily Star, I quote their words in Slutgate CBB Storm, uh, having lied for her teeth, but there again, that is Sarah, I'm afraid. She's, uh, she's a troubled soul, and that's the best way you can describe her now, uh, or if you want to, um, she's only bad with alcohol. When she doesn't have alcohol, she's fine. Unfortunately, that one side uh, pushes her over the edge and she turns into a really disgusting person. Uh, her father uh, is trying to win her back because she hasn't spoken to him. That's his wife. Perhaps she's just got no friends. Because her one friend she did have who went into the house uh, lied and said, the public like you. Unfortunately, the public don't like her. She's really quite awful. She was shouting obscenities at uh, this bloke she's apparently now going out with. It's a joke for it. She's obviously very clingy and very needy. She's a bit... She's a bit Jordan. Jordan's a bit clingy and a little bit needy. And Sarah Harding's the same. Neither have any particular talent for doing anything. Sarah Harding, obviously, when she went into the house, I remember her standing there and lying through her teeth saying, and I knew it was going pear-shaped, you know, I want people to see the real me, you know, behind the, uh, behind the mask. And, and we've seen the real you. You're just a sad, lonely drunk. And it's very embarrassing. They shouldn't have, I don't know why they've even let you have alcohol. I keep questioning this every day. I don't know why I'm bothered about it. It's only a TV programme. She put herself in there. She doesn't want to be there. She can get herself out again. Uh, The Guardian. Uh, This is uh, the terror attack suspect shot dead by police. The Barcelona van driver tracked down in a vineyard wearing a fake suicide vest, but uh, now gone straight to hell. Uh, Also, the new ingredients, but Bake Off tastes the same, so they've got two people who've been on television and made the best of themselves, and then there's Noel Fielding. Not so exciting. Uh, Also, the England Star accusing the team coach of racist Ebola remark. Mark Sampson, the manager of the England women's football team, is alleged to have told one of his black players to make sure their Nigerian relatives did not bring Ebola to a game at Wembley. That's according to new evidence in the Eni Aluko hush money case. Good Lord, honestly, it just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it really? What with that and Jeff boycott? At uh, the Times this morning, uh, this is the US demands the Afghan troop boost... And uh, strike a light. A total solar eclipse amazed millions of Americans. It was—it's worth seeing. You can—you can find it on, on YouTube. And uh, uh, it lasted two minutes and forty seconds as the moon's shadow raced over the Earth at one thousand five hundred miles per hour. Uh, Matt Dawson, former rugby uh, player, said that a GP's refusal to accept he had. I think it's called Lyme disease, from a tick bite resulted in heart damage and two operations. Care homes are teetering on the edge because of underfunding. Uh, there's more problems with care homes than anything else, isn't there, really? Also, the first sale of rhino horn in decades is expected this week after a South African court declared an auction legal. The supporters claim it will help to curb poaching. And, of course, they've allowed Winnie Mandela to skip the country, haven't they? Not Winnie Mandela, the other one. Um, to, not Winnie Mandela, who is it now? It's um, um, Mugabe's wife, isn't it? Wasn't she accused of, uh, of assaulting somebody? Is it? M- yeah, it is Mugabe's wife. I don't know why I keep thinking Winnie Mandela. Never liked her either. But um, Grace Mugabe's. They've given her diplomatic immunity. It's amazing, actually, if you're bent and crooked, you can do anything you like, really. Care homes on the brink of the catastrophe is inside. And um, there's a man here letting his sheep graze outside Buckingham Palace. It's uh, um, an invertebrate project to improve biodiversity. Well, there you go. Bet you never knew that, did you? So if you saw a sheep down there the other day, you'll be going, oh, we know what that is now. It's biodiversity. Uh, critics' verdict on the new Bake Off. The homeless are sent to Pontins. And Big Ben goes out with a bong, according to, the, uh, according to the eye. Police kill world's most wanted man. Shouldn't imagine he's the world's most wanted, but for that brief moment in time, while he breathed his last. That was good news, wasn't it, when they killed him? And um, people around the earth marvelled at the rare glimpse of the relationship with our star. It's clever, isn't it? It is clever. We all go out there and the television news is devoted to it and people talk about it and people get people get very excited. I quite like it. Uh, Dickie Arbiter says it's time we learnt to cherish Charles. I don't think that the public want to. <laughs> I don't know why. Is it, is it just purely the uh, the Diana thing? Is that is that what it comes down to? Because we learnt that... You know, since Diana's death, Charles's popularity has plummeted, even since the last time around. And so Dickie Arbiter, who used to be LBC's royal correspondent, and then went to work for Prince Charles, uh, and wrote a very good book, actually, about uh, life within the royal family. Because we're always fascinated, aren't we? Because it's just so far removed from everything that we know. They just operate differently, completely differently. And so we have to cherish Charles. I don't know, when he talked to plants and trees and stuff like that, I suppose people never took him seriously. But listen... Uh, He seems very happy with Camilla. The public don't seem to like her either. And yet every time I've seen her, she looks really pleasant. She looks really, you know, she's out there. What can she do? Damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Same for him as well. You know, all of a sudden the royal family have had to learn to accept and to put change into the royal family. It's not the easiest thing to do. They've been steeped in this history for donkey's years. And now you end up with sort of somebody. And when, when the press start turning against them, it's like it's almost unheard of. Hence the Queen doing a few years ago her Annas Horribilis. Uh, Prue's first bake-off tip. Record it. Skip the ads. That'll please Channel 4. And uh, keep fit to get money off weekly shopping. The NHS Design for Life proposes discounts and free bikes to encourage healthy living. Woo, fantastic. Like the idea of a free bike. Uh, also, the uh, the watchdog warning the new GCSE grades will mean pupils get wrong marks. This is on the front page of the Telegraph. This morning, William Hague on the banks must tame the easy money monster. But uh, I wonder how many of you actually use banks nowadays. I think businesses go in there, but you can do it all on machine. You just put your money into a machine and it, it counts it and does all the little bits for you. So do we actually need to go to a counter? With apologies to anybody going in to a bank... Today, little Julie says, uh, oh, yes, please love a Sunday roast. And uh, and Mark says nobody can uh, can turn down a carvery on a Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. I love a carvery. That's why I wasn't sure if they just did it to try and get you all to go back to pubs again and start eating carveries. I love it. I've always loved a carvery. It's brilliant. Uh, I've also loved your company this morning. So do download the free podcast, which will be available uh, within about 15 minutes, something like that. So the producer's checking the clock to say yes, 15 minutes. He can probably manage it for that one. And, oh, eight minutes past this morning. Oh, we're being a bit more precise now. Eight minutes past. If it's any later, please don't write in tomorrow and complain about it. Just accept the fact that he's uh, working his little fingers to the bone. That uh, And he's got some chocolate to take home. It's a bit of a treat for him. You'll probably save some of it for Christmas. Actually no, I don't I think it expires before Christmas. I don't think the I think the sell by date is before Christmas. I'll probably rip the thing off which probably said what, what the date was. Can't find it, can you? Oh it'll be You'll finish it by the weekend anyway. Share it. It's good. Check the ones that have got nuts in though, just in case your flatmate tries one and you know, we have a bit of an embarrassment, which is not so good. So I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Free podcast coming up in about uh, eight minutes past seven. And I'll talk to you tomorrow morning from four. Have a lovely day. Listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are, by downloading the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. And never even missing a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10 o'clock this morning. It's Majid Nawaz, who's in for James O'Brien as I say, back tomorrow morning, follow me on Twitter as well at Steve Allen Show thank you for all your texts and emails and uh, thank you for Bryn and Annie for the memories of dear Bruce Forsyth coming up next though with Breakfast on LBC, a lot to talk about with Nick
0: Ferrari If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am